What's up, all you beautiful people? It's your boy Hobart. Happy Friday. Today is Friday, March 26th. And I'm coming to you with a very important episode. We are we're offering some groundbreaking discourse for thine ears today. Um, actually, I think this conversation was recorded last Saturday, but I'm dropping it today. Um, it's a good Friday. It's sunny. Played some basketball with my brother. And, uh, that's apropos because today my guest is none other than the chone himself, Tony Owen, my brother. And, uh, I'm excited. I'm really excited, uh, to have him on. Me and my brother growing up, you know, I would say like for the first eight-ish years of our lives, we lit, we, we had a pretty like mainstream diet. You know, we were, we were living pretty low income and, uh, you know, our folks, we definitely ate a lot of like, you know, kind of conventional foods, hamburger helper, uh, you know, stuff out of the box. Our folks did their best, but we were not living a gourmet lifestyle. And, uh, then, you know, once when our parents divorced and and it was just me and my mom and my brother, our mom really made a push to try to get us to start eating healthier and, uh, more organic stuff. And, you know, we were still, we're still hitting the food bank and, and, uh, and living, you know, right there on the poverty line, but, but she had that focus of trying to, uh, to get us to eat healthier. And, and, you know, certainly one of the areas that that, you know, shown the most was in our breakfast cereal options. Um, we definitely had, had some early exposure to, uh, the joys of sugar cereal and, uh, throughout our childhood, that was always an exciting thing for us. And, and as we, kind of moved into our middle childhood years, you know, kind of eight to 12. Uh, our mom really made the push to try to get us to eat, you know, healthier, um, breakfast cereals moving from like Kellogg's and post and general mills to like Enviro kids, Barbara's mothers, these other brands that were a little focused on less sugar and, you know, some, some, uh, some other options, but every now and then, our mom would uh would give us that special treat and we'd get a box of lucky charms or you know cinnamon toast crunch or some frosted flakes or something like that and it was always like really exciting for us as kids to to uh to imbibe and as you'll hear in this very special episode we uh we go into great detail about that that's right folks today on the bartcast we're bringing you a special feature. We love features here on the Bartcast. And today is a very special podcast. Um, me and my brother Tony are bringing you our top 10 sugar cereals of all time. That's right. We're going down the list. We're busting out the most important breakfast cereals from our childhood. And... uh and laying them out for you. And I'm really curious, you know, those of you that are listening along, you know, I'm curious to hear what your f- 
favorite breakfast cereals are. I've been running a poll on people that I talked to after doing this episode. And I got to say, like, there's a clear contender that's emerged in the number one spot. And um, maybe I'll talk about it in the outro because I want I don't want to give anything away before you get the chance to listen through. The last thing I will say is that we also have a special call-in guest in this episode. Uh, our brother Chester, shout out Chester Densmore, Chester Georgie Densmore, uh, who's a serial, the sultan of serial himself. He's he's a very uh, experienced um, serial connoisseur. And, you know, with Chester, you can really trust the science. He's really done his homework. So, um, you know, we were stoked to have him on and... Me and Tony really did our best to try to bring you a lively discussion about a very important topic, very close to our hearts and close to our stomachs. Uh, and I think that's it. I think, uh, I think that's, yeah, just, I'm curious, you know, as you're listening to it, think about what your, you know, favorite cereals are. Feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at young Hobart or, uh, on the podcast email the Bartcast mailbox at gmail.com um, with your favorite cereal picks, you know, uh, maybe they vary. Maybe you feel the same, uh, but, uh, but yeah, hope you enjoy it. This is definitely one of the sweetest episodes we've done. So without further ado, may I present to you my brother, Mr. Tony Owen, AKA the Chone on this episode 28 of the Bartcast. Maybe I'll just open it with that song. We'll edit that in later. But they're going to think we're talking about sports, though. Cereal is a sport. When we were growing up, were you talking fluty flakes or what? Fluty flakes, Wheaties. I'm talking about when you got two brothers and your parents are trying to save money and you get a box of some like bomb ass sugar cereal and you know that shit ain't going to last for more than two days. It is a sport. You got to get yours in. You know? Yeah. I mean, you, the the key is to get in and try to get that second round before your brother is, gets in, you know, because one box of cereal, how many rounds do you get? with two bros right it's like it's like a a good first round you know where you each fill your bowl up maybe a time and a half and then second round one person's going to be getting a little shorted right exactly sorry we got our other brother texting me right now we're gonna have our first call in folks at some point on this show um but uh but yeah i feel you dude you uh what were you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. I was just talking about how, you know, first round you get that box, 
Your mom, you know, she's only picking up one box for you guys. She doesn't want you eating that sugary uh, mm-hmm. crud. I don't know if we're allowed to cuss on this podcast or what. We can cuss as much as we want. Um, you know, that sugary crap. And, uh, and you know, you have the first round where you guys open the bag together. And, you know, maybe you get, you know, maybe one big bowl and then maybe like a smaller bowl refill. But then you you guys agree to save it for tomorrow. But then it's kind of the race is on. Can mm-hmm. you get in for that second round before your brother knows? Because you know that one person in the second round is going to get a little shorted, right? Yeah, not to mention when you're sitting, you know, when you're locked into your to to a sitting, like how many cereal refills, how many milk refills and cereal refills. It's kind of like you know, the understanding is like, as mu- you know, you get as much as you can eat in a sitting, right? So you might be able to squeeze in an advantage on the percentage of the box that you're going to be imbibing if you can get an extra milking or cereal refill when you sit down to breakfast. That's true. That's true. And I know you and I have, have we've had some epic, you know, back and forths over a box of cereal. Oh, yeah. Some cereal arguments, no doubt. How are my transients? They coming through there? You can hear me loud and clear. Oh yeah. No, okay, you're sounding good. great. So yeah, folks, today we got something special for you. You know, as I always like to say here on the Bartcast, we're all about features. And I know that like of late a lot of uh, my episodes have been kind of more of like an interview vibe. I've had some really cool artists on. Today we're doing something a little different. I got my brother in the studio. The Chone, a.k.a. Basebone Chone, a.k.a. Brown Tony, Tony Owen here. And uh, and today we're talking cereal. Uh, You're missing one uh, one nickname here that's really relevant to uh, cereal today. You know, what do they call the Tonys of the world, you know? Can you think of it? Tony O's? Close. <laughs> Tony the Tiger. Uh... They're great, baby. Tony the Tiger. Yeah, baby boy. Exactly. I wonder if that's going to influence your uh, ordering of, of of your list. So so today, folks, for you, what we have to offer is a topic that is near and dear to our hearts. And I think I'm just going to preface it with, you know, by sharing the story of kind of, I guess, why we're doing this now. You know, we're, we're sitting here recording on Friday, March 19th. And uh, that means two days ago was the 17th, which was St. Patrick's Day. You know, and St. Patrick's Day is a day of tradition. It's a big day for the Irish. You know, me and Tony, we're Irish. We have some of that, you know, emerald blood in us. We're not really too sure. I don't know how it turned up on your 23andMe. I think it was around, I would say 15 to 20%, maybe 12%, somewhere in that range. Uh, and they kind of lump British Irish because I think there was a lot of sleeping around. Right. You know, in those. Uh, Probably a lot of raping if we're talking about the British in those days. And pillaging too, you yeah. know, and who knows what kind of cereals they had. It's true. You know, back then. You know? Definitely some sort of wheat, some some rolled oats and such. But, uh, but yeah, we decided to revive an old custom. Prima Nocte. Prima Nocte. Uh, on the cereal bowl, uh, and we brought this back, uh, from the, from our days back in the day at the red house. So I made, a assembled the items and ended up making a, 
excuse me, a really tasty corned beef hash stew with cabbage and potatoes. Uh, we had some, some Guinness and, uh, and then as per tradition, me and my bro here sat down and watched the epic Braveheart over a bowl of Lucky Charms. And I don't know about you, Tony, but I don't think I've had Lucky Charms in close to a decade. Yeah, it's been years. And, you know, some of your podcast listeners might be, you know, making the connection that Braveheart takes place in Scotland. Maybe you want to touch on that a little bit. Right. Yeah, that's a that's feedback mm, that, you know. that I get pretty often when I talk about this tradition. People are like, but isn't Braveheart a Scottish tale? And my answer to them is always... You're right, but the most compelling character in Braveheart is the Irishman. You know, despite the actor's <laughs> inability to 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 have a compelling Irish accent, I think he kind of comes out off as a little more the Arabian. <laughs> yeah. or... His accent's <laughs> trash, but his uh, his demeanor, his character, and the heart that he puts into yeah. his role. His heart is very Irish, and his commitment to the role. Is without question. He brought that Irish spirit. And by the way, you know, we're not experts on, on Ireland, but we've both made, um, you know, our, our pilgrimage, you know, to to Ireland and, and spent some time with the people. So yeah, shout out to the County Cork. County Cork and the Omanis, yes. Omani Farm. Omani clan. And I'll just say this, you know, Murphy's over Guinness any day. Yeah, you know, I mean, the real the real OGs out there drink Beamish, you know, and they say Murphy's for the ladies, you know. That's not what they said when I was out there. Well, you know, hey, I I don't think you'll <laughs> get two Irishmen who are going to say the same right. thing, you know. I they told me that that Murphy's was the cork, the beer and cork, and that's uh, that's what I I chose out there. It had Guinness the smoothest, was uh, smoothest taste. They said Guinness was a Dublin drink. Oh yeah. Uh, so. But yeah, I I tried all three. They were all good, but Murphy's was my favorite of the three. Yeah, I, as far as I, uh, you know, my experience, Murphy's tastes like a beer milkshake. Super good texture, mm-hmm. tasty, easy to drink. Guinness is like the next tier up of bitterness, a little more harsh on the palate. Yeah, and then Beamish is like you've been, you know, you've been putting them back in the pub for years Put you know some what hair I mean? on your chest oh yeah you already got some hair on your chest when you start drinking oh, beamish yeah. put some hair on your eyeballs yeah. um cool chone well hey uh so yeah so you can make the connection we we sat down we watched this film and i think it's i think we can safely say that we we hit the lucky charms hard there's no dipping your toe in the shallow end of the pool on this one. I know my brother dove in head first and and you kind of had a reaction, right? You had a little experience off of going too hard in the bowl. Yeah, first off, you know, there's a couple things I want to say about this. My brother has um only a couple bowls in a house in the house and uh and the the one that I got was exceptionally large. You know, maybe one that you would make a um you know, maybe like a, a potato salad in. It was know? a small salad bowl. A small, small potato salad bowl. Probably like a, you could probably make like a decent six egg omelet in that bowl. Yeah. But I remember saying, I remember saying, you know, if you were to, to tell me when I was young, that when I was older, I would be able to eat as much and buy as much sugar cereal as I wanted 
but that I would make the choice not to, I would have told you that you were crazy. Because I never got enough sugar cereal when I was young. I always wanted more. And I would go to other people's houses. Maybe their mom would keep that that stocked, you know. And I would be like, can we eat some cereal? You know, to the point where my friends were like, hey, bud, you can't eat all my cereal, right? Oh, totally. And I think a lot of times when we actually would get sugar cereal, it was like a box of stale frosted flakes from the food bank you know like yeah you know secondhand oats yeah. shout out san geronimo um you know food pantry food bank i remember you know you didn't know whether you were going to get you know frosted mini wheats or frosted mini weevils Good you know point. it was always a gamble whether you, there was going to be some little worms in there like they, like the food bank came through multiple times with them, some solid sugar cereal. Totally. Like it was like a score when, you know, but every once in a while you'd get those little wiggly worms in there and you might have to, you know, take a mouthful before you figured it out. You know, I feel, I feel like the, the weevils really preferred like more of like the raisin brand. Like I remember <laughs> the raisin brand, you know, that was a toss up, a real toss up and, I just, you know, I actually thought about Raisin Bran and, 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 you know, I wanted to get your take on, on just Raisin Bran in general because I figured that it probably wouldn't make our list. But I always felt, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe that I liked Raisin Bran a little bit more than you did growing up. Like, like for me, like I could eat some Raisin Bran and like I'd be happy. It would give me like the, the cereal experience, but like. Maybe like you'd be like a little disappointed if that was the the choice. <laughs> well, I've never really liked raisins. Ah, so like, and and who likes brand? <laughs> so it's like <laughs> to me, it was a lose lose. And the way that I felt about raisin brand was like it was kind of like if you're gonna get a sugar cereal, get one that tastes good. And to me, like it was basically like inferior fr- frosted flakes with like sugar coated raisins. And, you know, I just, I felt like maybe you could like sneak one over on mom and she'd get you like the healthy sounding cereal. But like, to me, it was never really worth the flip. Like I'll eat some raisin bran. And, you know, I just kind of considered it. Like you said, it's like, it's like the brand where like, let's, let's be honest. Like a lot of these, these, uh, these cereal brands are like basically different kinds of vehicles to deliver you that hit of the sugar that that the young people crave and raisin brands one of those ones that because it's branded as as a healthier option you know um a health conscious mother might pick that let you get that one or maybe no cereal at all so for me i was like okay like it's still delivering me that good white cane mm-hmm. sugar you know and if it has to you know be um a frosted raisin to get me there you know, or, you know, like some of that brand, <laughs> then I'm, I'm willing to put that down. You know? So you're, you prefer the raisin brand. Raisin brand, like, <laughs> like that brand over, over generic brand. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, see. I'll take, I'll take a box of peanut butter Panda puffs any day over a box of raisin brand. If, if we're going to go quote unquote health conscious, there's a lot of healthy cereals that I think would would uh knock it out of the park but uh but yeah man i'm ready to dive into our top 10 cereal sugar cereals of all time 
if you are, Joan. You got yeah, anything yeah. Else to say? Well, well, first off, I just you know, well, we're still in the intro section. Yeah. You know, I just want to thank you so much. You know, it's such a humbling experience. You know, to I just remember you know coming onto your podcast. You know, when it was just at the beginning and you were just getting things going, and you know, you just had a little fan base and. You know, we were talking about Space Jam and just to see how you've blown up, you know, and how much attention you've been getting, you know, and and uh, and the fact that you'll still let me on here, you know, is um, is really inspirational for me. And, you know, as well as, you know, um, you know, uh, maybe I don't know how long it's been since we did, um, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles um cookie review about a year i think it's been about a year but since then you know my inbox has just been full with you know fans who are just you know wanting more of that kind of high level review content you know a lot of people don't know what to do where to go in, in terms of cookies these days so you know i got a feeling that uh you know that we're gonna have a follow-up episode at some point here within you know the year you hear that folks it's Sounds good to me. I uh, you got to give the people what they want, you know. True. And I just I can't. I'm you know, I, like I I'm not hearing the end of it, you know, from the fans. So you know, uh, so you know, you call in, maybe tell us if there's specific uh, you know types of cookies or or different brands that you want reviewed, you know, by our um, you know the precision of our scale and our you know our expertise in the matter, you know, we'll take that into account, but yeah. I, I think I'm ready to, to get into these lists here. Cool, brother. Well, uh, I think the last thing that we'll do here before we, uh, dive into the specifics of our lists is I would just like to hear from you, Tony, in building your list, you know, what are the important factors of a sugar cereal that you're looking for when you're making your discernments about placement on your top 10 i mean i think a lot of us probably have the similar 10 in our top 10 but you know depending on where it falls in your 10 you know whether it's a first to fourth place what's getting a cereal up into that top third of your 10 you know that vaunted spot well that's a great question marv um i I took into account a few factors while I was making my list. Um, obviously, with the sugar cereal, deliciousness is going to uh, score high. Um, you know, uh, so, you know, craveability, that's a hot <laughs> hot term these days, you know. Um, but but also, you know, I think with, with sugar cereal, I was really thinking about the nostalgia because... Like I said, when I was young, I, I never got enough sugar cereal. I always wanted more. So that feeling of being a kid and, and and what were the cereals maybe that you happened to get, you know? Um, so there's a part that's personal to your own story. You know, if, if, if your mom happened to buy, you know, a certain brand, that one might end up scoring higher because you have a personal experience with it and it, and it checks that box. So I took that into account. Um, the other thing was, do you think with this list that it's, it's better to go from 10 to one in terms of our discussion or one to 10? Do we start strong with the, with the top or do we go from the bottom and work our way up? Well, yeah, the, so this, you know, I've had some experience in doing top tens on this podcast. Our, my first two were top tens. 
And I'll say that uh, from a pure, you know, showman perspective, you always save the one for last. That's the, you know, for those of you that are committed listeners, we like to deliver the treasure at the end as a reward for those who have stuck with us through the thing. So I think 10 to 1 is is a good way to go about it. And uh, we can build through those, you know, up to the 1 and it just raises the stakes as we get closer and closer. Um, the last thing I'd like to say is that at least, you know, your list may vary, but for me, uh, on my list, I was really going for, you know, the sugar cereals. And so I just want, before we start, I just want to give some honorable mentions to, to cereals that didn't quite make the cut, but are still like ones that I were surprisingly good that I could work with, even though they weren't considered uh, sugar cereals, you know, like we got your checks, rice checks, corn checks. It wasn't really a big fan of the wheat checks, but those other two delicious, especially you can always sprinkle some sugar on them, make them a sugar cereal. Those, those, there were those, there there was those ones marketed as healthy cereals. Mm -hmm. Like, like I could get down on, like I could get down on some honey nut Cheerios. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be on my list Mm -hmm. for sugar cereals. Also life. Mm. You know, like I could go on some life. It's I always not... felt like life was on a overrated. Like it was like a it was like a poor man's shredded spoonfuls. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But but you know, but it's like we're talking about this thing where like your mom might pick up life more often. Like, are you going to take the gamble and right. ask for you know cocoa krispies, or are you going to go for life? You're still going to get that sugar hit. You know. Uh, you you might be more likely, you know, to to win and get that that life maybe three times compared to if you ask Coca Krispies you might get one. Well, I would let you know. I think I would often start with Coca Krispies and then negotiate down to life. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like that was a fallback. Yeah. You know, like yeah. maybe a hail mary throw. You yeah, know, if, yeah. if nothing's working. Um, you know, other honorable mentions. You know, Rice Krispies. Corn flakes, kicks. Yeah. You know, these are all cereals that wouldn't be my first choice, but like I could settle for and I could work with them, usually with a spoonful of sugar. That's on it. You got to yeah. drench them in that, that white sugar, you know. And, and, you know, the other thing I want to say is, is um, you know, I was, I was trying to put myself into my, my childhood mind on this because these days, man, as I found out the hard way, a couple nights ago when I ate that massive bowl of Lucky Charms, um, I woke up in the middle of the night with the worst acid reflux. <laughs> and the whole next day I felt hungover. I had a headache and my stomach just hurt all day. Mm. So like, <laughs> I, like, I don't eat that much sugar cereal um, anymore and probably for a, a good reason because my stomach can't handle it. I just... You know, I mean, next time I just can't go so hard in the paint, you know? Oh, yeah. I feel you. And, you know, last night I did have another bowl of Lucky Charms. Because you got the family size, huh? Got the family size. And I've I've offered, you know, I told our roommate, shout out Aaron, about it. And he uh, he asked me if he could get down on the box. And I was like, yeah, I want to open it up. You know, you're doing me a favor. <laughs> and, uh, and I went to make the bowl, though, and I made the mistake, you know, mindlessly of just going into my fridge and pouring half and half in the bowl because I, I, I'm an avid half and half consumer with my coffee. And I, you know, 
that's a little too rich for me to do half and half and lucky charms but i didn't want to waste a bowl's worth of half enough because that stuff is you know is precious so i poured the milk into a jar to save or i poured the half and half and then i refilled it with strauss you know whole or organic whole cream on top milk yeah uh, grass fed -fed organic yeah from uh, uh from where sonoma county or where's it where's yeah from petaluma petaluma that's right um but uh you know what happened was this morning i made my coffee with that milk that i had filtered through the the lucky charms i i i made it for the foam i used it to make the foam on top of my coffee and i put some in my coffee and man, it just made me feel sick. It, like it's something about it. it. It was a little sweet. I didn't like it. Yeah. So I won't be doing that again. Okay. You um, live and you learn. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, as the guest, Tony, um, as is the custom on this show, you have the honor of getting to to go first with your number ten. So, okay. Uh, if you got yeah. nothing else, let's let's jump in there and 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 maybe you can just talk about your number ten and why it came in. You know. If, if there's a couple that didn't quite make the list, you know, I, to me, I always think with top 10 lists that the number 10 spot is actually like a more venerable spot than, than, you know, nine through five, just because it's like, just, it gets a certain little buzz off coming in just above getting cut, you know? Yep. And, and that, that's, a, you know, that's a perfect, uh, you know, that's a perfect segue into what I'm, I'm going to be talking about here because, at my 10 spot, I actually put, you know, a type of cereal that I actually will buy more regularly today because it gives me just a little buzz, right? So it's, it's, this is for a more mature cereal buyer, somebody who's, you know, been around as a veteran in the cereal game, someone who's taking care of their health and yet still wants that treat of a nice bowl of cereal. Um, and this is actually, um, you know, it's not quite cereal, but you know, it's a it's kind granola, and mm. and they make a chocolate granola, and it's only lightly sweetened, but it gives me that chocolate hit. So it's kind of like it's got the it's got the chocolate, it's got the clusters, and uh, and these days too, I'm you know, alternative milks have come a long way. Um, you know, I remember when the you know when it was just soy milk rice milk maybe was a little upgrade to the soy milk but nowadays and then we were on almond milk for years that was the best that we could get for the fill-in you know non-dairy milk but these days i gotta say hands down they have crafted oat milk and it's the most transparent of all the alternative milks like you were saying like like you don't always want to add extra like like milk has this transparency where it's going to support the cereal that you put in it and not overpower it where sometimes those alternative milks, it adds this almond taste. It adds this soy taste. You don't yeah. want that. Or if it's sweetened too, if that's sweetened. almost too much. So I find that, that almond milk barista blend, I forget what that brand's called is just like, to me, it doesn't take away from the experience. I could drink it and it's, it quenches your thirst. It has a great, great taste and it's very transparent. So I'll get that kind granola, Usually the chocolate variety, but I'll also get a bag of their 30% less sugar raspberry and I'll kind of go back and forth between those. So for my 10, I put the kind granola. It doesn't really fit with our thing, but I just wanted to put that out there for, you know, it's hanging on at 10 because it's not a real sugar cereal, Mm -hmm. but it gives me that 
that it, it checks that box for me and doesn't keep me up all night. Probably an acid reflux factor of like three out of 10 instead mm. of, I was at like nine out of 10. Like it, I wasted a whole day in pain after that, that lucky charms. Magically know. delicious hangover. Yeah. Um, mm, kind granola and uh, almond milk sounds healthy. Uh, oat milk correction. Oat milk. Oat yeah, milk. sounds healthy as uh, Mary Barry would say. Okay, well, uh, what about you? Well, I will say that for my ten, I, I've, I'm keeping things a little more uh, conventional. Okay, to use a uh, USDA term. Um, you know, for my ten spot, it was actually a surprise. I, I was building out my list. I'd say the first three or four came really easy, and then the second half of the table. Probably got down to six, and then the second half of the table, kind of, it was like, all right, what am I going to put here? You know, there's some options. A couple got made it on the list that I felt like I just had to have on because they're just some of the heavy hitters of yesteryear. And like you said, trying to put myself in the mind of a child, not not today what my top ten would be, but like all time when I was a kid, what can I remember going to the store and, and really being excited about? So for me in my 10 spot, I had to give it up to, to, uh, a cereal that wasn't, was by no means really ever my first choice and often would kind of be less exciting to me, but there were so many nights, I think more in a, in a PM cereal, uh, there were so many nights when I would sit down to a bowl of it and it would just be surprisingly good. Like just, it would just hit something that I needed and and that's Honey Nut Cheerios. Oh, you know, it made your list. It 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 can seem a little basic. It's just a step above regular Cheerios, which is one of the more plain, you know, of the, of the plain, you know. Uh, but something about that Honey Nut glaze that they put over it with the milk, it it's kind of like this holy trinity. There's the sacred geometry to the flavor. It's that it's the nuttiness yeah. that really pushes it over the edge. Totally. And makes it in my book. I, I thought about adding it because of because of that that factor. Totally, Honey yeah. Nut Cheerios definitely, especially is a when I started smoking weed. Like that was like one of those like munchy. Like I would eat like six bowls easy if I was on the munchies. Oh yeah, and like I developed, I think in my teenage years, a new appreciation for Honey Nut Cheerios, and it was easy to eat too much. You know, because of that, it had like that. The sugar factor was a little bit lower, so you didn't quite feel sick as quick. Uh-huh. And so you could shovel a lot more down. Um, so, yeah, on my 10 spot, Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah, I like that concept of, um, you know, AM, PM cereals. Not to be confused with AM, PM, the gas station where you could buy cereal, but just yeah. that notion that there'd be some morning cereals and some evening cereal, you know, and I think that's a that's a – a good good look yeah i wanted to say one last thing too before we get too farther on you know when you brought up raisin bran earlier you know i think one of the ways that's actually like my preferable way to imbibe raisin bran is out of a small box like remember those mini boxes oh and yeah. you could fold and tear and the box became a bowl yeah get them on the airplane you know that's actually For my camping. favorite way yeah camping is I'll get the, you know, the Raisin brand's usually the last one in the variety box that gets eaten. And yeah, I did have a couple times where I was surprised by like, you know, I actually enjoyed it, um, especially with some whole milk. Like, I should say that if you're going to go milk on any of these cereals, I think for a lot of years, you know, our mom was pushing 2%. 
Sometimes we went down to 1%, but whole milk just is a class above the rest. Oh, yeah. If I'm getting milk, I'm getting whole milk these days. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's go to number nine. Number nine. Okay. You know, I put on, um, you know, one, my nine and ten, I was going for ones that were like a little um, less conventional. I'll get into my conventional choices probably from eight up. Um, But I went with peanut butter bumpers. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, talk about a PM cereal, you know. And uh, I just remember the crunch in my mouth. Sometimes sometimes it would be so crunchy that maybe it would cut the top of my mouth a little bit. But I always just figured that that was making the sugar hit faster, you know, into my, my bloodstream. And so uh, peanut butter bumpers, you know. It's what? Just, who made those? I don't know. How did those differ from the peanut butter panda puffs? Yeah, you mentioned that. And I was like, I was trying to remember, you know, I just remember that they were, they were uh, off brand marketed as healthier, you know, so that, you know, your health, health conscious mother would, would more likely buy them. The mother's brand. Is that what they are? Yeah. Mother's brand peanut butter bumpers, as opposed to Enviro kids, peanut butter panda puffs. Okay, so it's called Mother's Brand. So you know who they're marketing to. Yeah, these are the little these are the little tricks. Because I bet you that uh, you know if they put the the sugar content on there, it'd be interesting. You know to have to have a readout on all these how much sugar they pack per serving. Yeah, I'm gonna see. I think I found. Is this the? I think I found the. Um, I'm trying to find the nutritional facts, but I think I just located it so peanut butter bumpers has a total of 10 grams of sugar per serving serving size one cup so yeah that can easily be 20 20 20 who eats one cup of cereal that's one of the greatest you know shams of nutritional fact uh you know marketing game is is serving size you know it's like when they give you a can of something and they say there's two servings in there, but it's carbonated. Oh, it's yeah. like what you're going to drink half and then drink a flat drink. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Like these, like these, uh, kombuchas that we're drinking two servings per container. <laughs> give yeah. Me a it's, break. A, it's a tall can, you know, it's, a. Uh, by the way, future, um, you know, future sponsor of the podcast and of the cookie show, um, better booch kombucha i'm thinking about investing in their stocks i don't know how they're doing but they won't stay on the shelf it really is you know better you know a step above the rest of the the kombuchas on the market let's get back into cereal yeah let's do it so peanut butter bumpers i can certainly get behind that uh you know one of the things that wasn't mentioned that i was that's definitely part of my uh rubric when i'm grading these cereals is uh is how it enhances the milk. And I think a peanut butter bumpers is going to give you a really nice, like creamy peanut buttery milk at the end of the bowl that, uh, that I think is an advantage. I remember with peanut butter bumpers, what's the, what's the official term for that after finish or yeah. What is um, it? The, the, uh, after cream. Yeah. There's gotta be, there's gotta be, cause that's that you drink that, that sugar milk and mm-hmm. it is, yeah. that's, that's definitely the, you know, the, if 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 the the cereal's the meal, that's the dessert. The creamy know. leavings. Oh yeah, cool man. All right, number nine is peanut butter bumpers w- for the chum. What about for you? 
So my number nine is one of the greats. Um, this is an A-list sugar cereal. I, I defy anyone to... Everyone's heard of this cereal. This is one that is a regular appearance on Saturday morning cartoons. And, um, you know, it wasn't my favorite, but like I would get excited as a kid when I'd go to a friend's house and they'd put that on the table. That's Fruit Loops. Uh, Fruit Loops was, a you know, larger rings than Cheerios, multicolored, multi-fruit, you know, fruity kind of flavor. And, um, I think that like, that's one of those flavors that I've found at times in other products. Sometimes in weed can kind of smell like it. If it's one of those like super indoor strains, but, uh, but Fruit Loops. Yeah. You know, it's just a solid sugar cereal. It's, you know, I I think they, in the nineties, they tried to like enhance it. There was like a marshmallow blasted Fruit Loops. I never got to try that. Always seemed like a bridge too far to me. Like mushrooms too. I mean, uh, marshmallows too. Uh, seemed like a loops bit with much. Yes, yeah, shroom, <laughs> shroom loops. Uh, and they had Toucan Sam, who, who's a good. He's a pretty solid, uh, you know, sugar cereal character. Not the greatest, not the worst. Better than whatever that sugar smacks guy was. But uh, but yeah, Fruit Loops comes in as my number ten. I mean number nine. Number nine. Okay. Um, well, I think we should just dive in on my number eight. Yeah, you don't got a lot to say on Fruit Loops. Well, it's just late. It's earlier in my list. I'm gonna wait. Sure. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Save your take. comments for your because I'm sure that we have some crossover. Yeah, it'll be interesting it'll be to good see to, to, how they differ. You know, to yeah. One th- one last thing I'll say about the Fruit Loops is, you know, I think one of the reasons it wasn't higher on my list is that the the mil- the milky leavings on the scale of deliciousness, the milk at the end wasn't the, the fruit mixed with the milk didn't quite, uh, fuse as well as some of the other flavors. That's interesting. And, and I think that we, we have a little discussion to be had about that coming up here, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to dive in on number eight. Mm -hmm. And, um, what I'm going to put on this one, uh, you know, my ten nine eight. it's starting to ramp up into the conventional cereal, sugar cereal, world and this was one that um you know that that's still on that scale of like you know it's not complete sugar but we're talking about frosted mini wheats oh so to me those are like these little sponges they soak up that milk and there's what i love about them is you know you get that one side that's frosted and when it soaks up the milk, there's going to be this um, threshold. There's this point where you have just the right crisp and just the right sog. Now, everybody has a different take on soggy cereal versus crisp cereal. Some people are like, I got to eat it right away and get that, that crisp. And other people, like I was always probably more biased on the sog side. I liked when the cereal soaked up the milk. I didn't want a dry cereal that was just had milk on the outside. I like like when I, I like to dip cookies in milk. I like to let it soak in. So frosted mini wheats. Also, um, the fact that when you get that mini wheat that was frosted on both sides, Ooh. you know, it's like this extra because the white whale of the cereal world. Yeah, and you, and you get some of the ones too where like two of them get connected in the process, so you get an ultra long one. And didn't they make super size mini? They wheats? did, but I think that that. 
I felt like the supersized mini wheats threw off the balance. They didn't the increase ratio. the ratio of frostedness accordingly. So it was a lot of mini wheat, not a lot of frost. And and I will say this: I like that you touched on that. There is for I think every cereal, uh, a a a, a OSP or optimal soaking point, saturation point. Yeah. And I will say that the frosted mini wheats had a higher OSP than a lot of other cereals. Like you could sit, you could go to the bathroom in the middle of a bowl and come back and still have some crunch. But I like you, I liked mine, you know, right in that OSP, right? At, not too soggy, but like still little bite, but, but with some milk absorption. You know? Yeah. So if, so if 10 OSP is just, um, a soggy mess, I would say that my average would probably be be more like a six or seven hmm. where I like it, where some people might like, you know, a three or, or even a five. They like a really crisp cereal. You know, I like it. I like my saturation high. Okay, nice. Yeah, I thought about frosted mini wheats. They didn't quite make my list, but uh, I can't think about those without thinking about shout out Ryan Creighton because the Creighton household... I feel like was the main place where I would get uh, my frosted or mini wheats. Oh yeah. Cool. So that brings us to my eight, which is going to be another heavy hitter, another, you know, classic sugar cereal. This is one that wasn't it, you know, again, not as fancy as some of the other ones, you know, not as outlandish. It looks actually more like a real, you know, the colors are a little more like naturally looking, but it's solid and there's no getting away that it's a sugar cereal. And that's Frosted Flakes. You know, this is, you know, Corn Flakes. Nobody just, you know, wanted to eat plain Corn Flakes. I would put sugar on my Corn Flakes, but Frosted Flakes, the frosting was so perfect, uniform. They were good soggy or crunchy. I liked them a little on the crunchier side, but it was just a delicious bowl. Every bite was good. You knew what you're getting. And, you know, I think arguably Frosted Flakes has the strongest... Uh, mascot of all the cereals i mean i know you've got a special connection with with uh tony the tiger just being your namesake and all yeah i mean tony's been a big inspiration to me for years you know just you know he's kind of an inspirational figure they're great that's his catchphrase and he's got that red handkerchief that he wears with the little tony on it and you know it's just like you when you're a little, you know, these cartoon figures are uh you're looking for, you know, when you're looking for these role models, you see that kind of positivity that Tony brings, right. you know, and uh and you know that smile on his face. It was just somebody that I could, you know, kind of aim, aim my compass towards being like. I was I always wanted to be like like Tony. Um and I Yeah, am a and, Tony. and really you want a mascot you can trust. Some yeah. of these mascots, <laughs> Count Chocula. Sorry, like I can't trust Count Chocula. He's a vampire, you know. Like the Craver, bro. Yeah, the Craver. I'm mm. wondering about Honeycomb yeah. whether it made it on your list. Yeah, we'll t- I have to talk about that later. But yeah, yeah, and you know, I'm just saying some of these. I seemed like seemed like they were kind of less healthy role models for children. The Craver seemed like he kind of was pre-diabetic. He didn't pre-diabetic really... slash just a fiend, <laughs> kind of like a crackhead. Crackhead. And uh, you know, if I was a parent, you, you wanna, uh, while I was doing my research for this podcast, I found you know what the old uh, the old honeycomb mascot was. What was it? He, he was a cowboy. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Back in like the fifties, sixties, probably actually would have helped their their. 
Yeah, my score, at least, with a cowboy. Yeah, the cowboy would have been a strong. Um, but yeah, you know, the Honey Nut Cheerios has the bee. I'm not really sure how I felt about the bee. I never really was. It was kind of almost seemed a little vestigial to me. He he didn't quite do it for me. But but uh, but Tony the Tiger is is the I think the greatest cereal mascot of all time. And uh, so yeah, Frosted Flakes comes in at an eight for me. Yeah, and so so we were talking about our different metrics that that were they're rating these cereals on and, and what was your, what was the, the metric for, for saturation? What was it? The OSP optimal saturation point. So that's going to vary a little bit for each cereal type. Yeah. There has to be a one that where we measure time to, um, what do you what, mean time? Like time to saturation. Like, right. I kind of, uh, to me, I feel like that's built in that number. Like, you're, oh, you're thinking about like how much saturation is the optimal saturation Yeah, for, point. for, for, yeah. You know, so, that. so there's a, you know, there's kind of like the resilience factor of how resistant to milk absorption it is. Like what, like this, it's like, there's going to be a time where that sweet spot, um, lives. How large is the window? How large is this, the, the OSP window? The OSP window. So yeah, I think Frosted Flakes is definitely lower on the table. It's probably like a three. Yeah. That one's going to go, they go get soggy, soggy fast. fast. Yeah. You're going to have to you know. get in there pretty quick. Honey Nut Cheerios too. I feel like Honey Nut Cheerios, they're, they're, it's, it's higher than Frosted Flakes. Yeah, it is. Sure. But, but both of those cereals, they, I feel like they suffer when they get too saturated. It, it turns into a, just soggy, turn into a soggy, soggy mess. doggy. Yeah, and Fruit Loops are a little more resilient, but they too, you know, they 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 aren't as strong as a as a um a frosted mini wheat or uh you know, a, another one off the list. But uh you know, I think that uh I think that you know, Frost Flakes, I'm guessing it made it on your list too. I'm guessing it made it on a higher position than mine, and I feel like that there's probably the mascot factor probably weighed in a little heavier for you too in making that decision. My name isn't Tony, so even though I really like Tony the Tiger, you know he's got the best voice, mm-hmm. you know, of all the mascots. That little, they're great. Oh yeah, you can't really. Uh, I think he and he like sticks his finger in the air too. Yeah, know, like it's it's that whole it's it's simple and effective, just like the cereal itself. You know, they're not trying to dress it up. They're not trying to woo you with gimmicks right you know what you're getting you're getting flakes and mm-hmm. they're frosted and they're great exactly you know some cereals you know they they really are selling a prize you know they have to like offer a prize because the cereal just isn't that good you know and, and they're banking on that little kid logic which exactly. i know you were oh. you know talk about somebody who was a hook line and sinker for you know those marketing gimmicks back in the I day i was a prize queen <laughs> you were all about the prizes <laughs> and the gimmicks back then you know i was definitely a prize queen as a kid and you know many a happy meal you know just it was so exciting you get to go you get to get mcdonald's and you get a toy like the toy was never great but like it was a toy you know yeah yeah and that excitement well i think uh i think we're here we've gotten through three so far and now um you know when is the seventh inning stretch in between the top of the seventh and the bottom of the seventh you're the baseball guy you know seventh inning stretch oh man that's a good question is it the the top or the bottom or 
I forget, man, because we only played six innings. I only made it through. <laughs> I only made it through little league. Shout out T and B Sports. Um, you know, we're the winners two out of three years in our league. You know, great, great coaches Butch and Skip. You know, brothers as well. Um, so I, I don't know the seventh inning stretch. Maybe we could have a call in who can tell us that. But yeah, well, why don't you uh, why don't you get started on your? It's between the first and second half of the seventh inning. So why don't you start on number seven? Okay, okay. So. Okay, cool. I was looking at my list. I numbered things a little bit wrong, <laughs> you know, but that's okay. For my seventh, I actually went for. Oh, now I realize that I number things not in order here. So I'm trying to look at what I actually mean for seven here. And I think that I'm going to go for a lesser known. It was a limited run. Um, but this was a cereal that I only ate a few times. Um, so I don't have quite as much of a nostalgia, but in the same sense, it was around the same time that I was discovering, um, something called bong rips. So, uh, (laughs) we're talking, you know, 12, 13 years old, 14 years old. So I'm sorry to stop you, but. We actually have a special call-in guest Ooh, right special here. special call-in. Let's just go with that, and yeah. I'll, I'll pick that this up This is right uh, our older brother, Chester, and he is the sultan of cereal. Oh, he could put down big bowls. Like, you've never seen someone eat bowls. Sultan, we have on the line right now the sultan of the salad bowl size cereal bowl. Chester Densmore himself. Chester Georgie Densmore on the Bartcast. What's up, brother? Amigos, my brothers, thank you so much for bringing me into this very important conversation. It's an honor to be here. Well, you know, Chester, uh, when when we're, you know, here on the BartCast, you know, we're not just philosophy. We like to have things backed up by science. And when you have science, you need to have experts. And I can think of no one who is more of an expert on the serial game than, than you yourself. Um, you came in right at the seventh inning stretch. We've, we're, we're three serials in a piece in our top 10. And uh, Tony wow. was, was just uh, talking about how for his number seven, it's a little bit of a lesser known title in it. We, yeah, we didn't get to it yet. Yeah. So we're not going to reveal it yeah, yet until yeah. till after, but how you doing Chester, you know, and, and, and uh, Hobie was talking about, um, you know, bringing in a, a true serial scientist. And I think that, that the expertise comes actually from, you know, the number of, of clinical trials. Like I, I, I remember just uh, the, how inspirational it was to walk downstairs and see that size of the salad bowl. Like it was a game changer for me. I was like, you can do that. Yeah. I never even knew that was an option until I think, what was it? It was you, you, I remember you filling a salad bowl. Was it frosted flakes? Frost Flakes is a good one because you get that bonus milk. You know, it's like such delicious milk at the end there. Yeah, the creamy leading. With the, the salad bowl, though, you've got to be careful. Um, you're right, Tony. It's that my, my scientific uh, expertise in this field comes from all the experimentation that I've done over the years uh, and just the raw data, the raw numbers for sure. 
But uh, that's how it's it about sample right size, now. huh? You've got to be careful. You can't get too soggy down at the bottom. You're not going to enjoy the whole bowl all the way through unless you move a lot of the dry cereal to one side oh. and just slowly like knock it down like a little tiny avalanche of the dry cereal down into the milk so that you know you have delicious tasting milk that's still or delicious tasting cereal it still has a little crunch um and that you can enjoy all the way through otherwise it's just going to turn into mush at the bottom of the bowl and it's like oh waste of a deliciously large bowl of cereal um so there's tactic there you know you can't you can't just go for it um pro tip that's a pro tip right there folks you heard it here folks i mean (laughs) isn't it clear this guy knows what this guy knows his game so that the avalanche technique yeah that's that's some yeah. some true true game for all you young listeners. So Chester, when you were growing up, you know what did you look for in a sugar cereal? What were some things that for you were important? You know when you're lobbying for you know your hippie parents to you know to reach across the aisle and get you something with a higher you know sugar content. Yeah, you nail, you're nailing it there, bud. Because there was like a clear definition in um, what a sugar cereal is or wasn't in my household. Um, and you know what that definition was, was six grams of sugar or less. Oh, the six was, gram rule. Is it six gram yeah. per serving? Yeah. Do you guys, I mean, is this, does this resonate with you? Like there's the, a, a gram of sugar per serving limit on what we could buy regularly versus what we would be like a special occasion cereal. You know what our, I mean? Yeah. I don't think our mom was as scientific, you know, okay. <laughs> our household was a little less science-based. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and honestly, it and might I, have just been one day where my mom was like, <laughs> six is a limit, and like that's really just stuck in my head yeah, forever. Yeah. But that was the rule, yeah. and you know, Kelly will back me up on that. I'm pretty sure that was the rule. Shout out, Kelly. And so, Dunsmore. this is the cereal. This is the cereal that I could always get away with that six grams of sugar or less rule and still have it be like a tasty treat. Accessibility. It was berry, berry kicks. Oh, we forgot about the berry, berry kicks. Yeah, the berry kicks. Like, like honey nut Cheerios was too sweet. Um, Frosted flakes, don't even think about it. Like, (laughs) Uh cinnamon toast crunch was way out of reach. (laughs) So, the berry, berry kicks, man, that was like satisfactory level for me. And yeah, let me tell you that that's one of my favorite cereals to this day because of this experience, you know, primarily alone. Like I still get excited when I see that cereal, uh, wherever, wherever well, un- the under the radar radar sleeper. Now, mm-hmm. Chester, you're a father. You have, you have two sons. What's your philosophy these days? As far as, you know, do you allow them sugar cereals? Have they had an experience? Where do you, where are you guys at as parents, you and Bree? Yeah, good question. I think I'm a little more loose than my parents were. I don't really know why. Probably because I like sugar so much. <laughs> but, I mean, we're still really conscientious about it, and uh, we talk about it very openly to them, so they understand, like, oh, you know, shouldn't consume too much sugar or whatever. But they also really like it, you know, in particular, Khalil. This is a hilarious story, actually, if you guys don't know this. He calls himself a sugar walrus. <laughs> That's awesome. He, <laughs> he like totally a is a sugar walrus. Him. Yeah, it's so funny because we're like, whoa, Khalil, like, slow down, too much sugar. He's like, yeah, but I'm the sugar walrus. That's like a legit <laughs> excuse to keep eating sugar. That's um, awesome. So he does really like sugar cereal. Um, and we don't buy it too much. Like, you know, we, we yeah. usually go for the Cheerios. 
over the Honey Nut Cheerios. Um, but every once in a while, you know, we'll get what, something sweet. What do you but think then, Khalil's choice would be for his number one? If if you get if you were if you gave him the the run of the aisle and get, told him he could choose one special occasion. Yeah, so he um, gets to have sugar cereal, and that's what we call it. You you get to pick sugar cereal for your birthday, okay. birthday morning mm, breakfast. Nice. Um, you know, if it's like we're having guests and we're having like a party or whatever, we might do brunch, you know, for something special. But, you know, if it's like a school day or, you know, the day of his birthday doesn't land on the same day as his birthday party, um, we'll get him a box of sugar cereal. So he gets to go to the store. Uh, I think he's just too young to have like uh, a certain kind of cereal that he wants. Um, he's just all looking for like the box that has the most colors yeah, or the most, yeah. you know, beauty like marshmallowy candy looking things for on sure. it for sure so. yeah we were yeah, talking we were talking a minute ago about the importance of a of a strong uh you know character a strong mascot you know mm. number eight uh on my list was frosted flakes and i was making the claim that tony the tiger is perhaps i think the strongest uh serial character of all time totally um, totally yeah that's a good one yeah you know a serial character that is a real role model. Tony was talking about how much of a role model Tony the Tiger was for him growing up. Yeah, you know, he was just, <laughs> he was just simple. He had a positive message. He had a smile on his face. He said, you know, he had a simple catchphrase, they're great, and he stuck his finger up in the air, and he had that nice red bandana. And, you know, I was just somebody that I just wanted to be like, and I shared his name, and I was just kind of proud to to hold that title. People would come up to me and say, oh, Tony, you mean like Tony the Tiger? And I was like, I was proud to, to you know, to to use use that and, and kind of... Totally, imbo- yeah, kind I of feel in- that. I feel yeah. that way with um, Cheetos, because the Cheetos Tiger is Chester Cheeto. Oh, Chester that's, Cheeto, I never yeah. connected that you guys both have feline namesakes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. That's kind of interesting, huh? Cool. That must be why we get along so well, you know? (laughs) Well, you know, I'll be honest, though. Um, I can sit here and talk about sugar cereal all day and some of these sweet cereals. And I didn't put together a top ten list, but I'm still fully enjoying this conversation, no doubt. And um, I just want to say, though, I have a lot of appreciation for non-sugary cereals, too. Yeah. Um, You know, to this day, I'll keep, you know, certain cereals stocked in my pantry and certain cereals have a whole place in my heart um, that aren't necessarily like the little kid's dream or the yeah. iconic commercial with the characters on the front. Hey, know? hey, hey, Chester, um, can we get a rapid fire? I want top three cereals that you would choose today with like a more modern sense of like health conscious, but then a top three of just all time sugar cereal. You can just rattle them off. Boom. So you so you want sugar specifically? I want both. Both. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like the nice. nice. Like yeah, the you know, the top 3 that aren't considered categories. sugar and then your top 3 holy grail birthday morning childhood nostalgia. Yeah. Okay, let's go with a uh, special occasion sugar cereal holy grail. Let's treat yourself like really going for it, sugar cereals. For me, um, you know, this is so crazy how like sometimes people don't agree on this stuff because by far and behold uh, cinnamon toast crunch 
is on this list for me. Nice. Always, no doubt, it's always there. Might even be number one, but I'm throwing it out there first because it's a sure thing. Okay. And it just baffles me when people don't think that. Right. Like, what? Like, oh, we're gonna crunch. we're gonna More get on to that, that later. One. Yeah, oh yeah. Sure. Ah, this is a hot topic already. I could tell. All yeah. right. Cool. 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 We won't um, let that cat out of the bag yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I would put Frosted Flakes um on this top three as well cinnamon toast crunch i'll be honest i don't love marshmallows in my cereal um it's just a little too much a little too gimmicky or like silly and like i'll I'll get them for like um you know camping in those cute little boxes we're talking about those i'll eat them at friends houses at like late night snacks or whatnot but uh I won't really buy it. I don't. I don't really buy Lucky Charms for myself. Mm-hmm. So, let's see. Sugary. I might have to go. Man, I love. Um, I love Honey Nut Cheerios. I do. I love Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and I love Frosted Flakes. Well, How boom, we Does got it. Count? One, two, three. Fire round. I like it. Yeah. Lock those Come. in. Are those unranked? Did you? Did you rank those already? Dude. Honey Nut Cheerios, second, Frosted Flakes, uh, I'm 3, 2, 1. I'm having guesses on him already, but we're putting, we're putting Cinnamon Toast Crunch, number one. Okay. Frosted Flakes, number two, and um, yeah, uh, Honey Nut Cheerios at three. Nice. I like yeah. that. I can get behind that. Solid. Yeah, cool. You know, All I right. think that's yeah. really interesting. Well, yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah. I think me and you see eye to eye on a lot, Chester. I'll, I think the three of us brothers <laughs> are in a lot of agreement in certain circles without letting the cat out. Yeah, there's certain things, you know, like mm-hmm. that I could never quite um, rally behind or, yeah. or, or and, and things like um, cookie, crisp, cookie crisps and uh, cookies for breakfast. Exactly. It was more of a concept. Maybe, but... You know, I like the idea of it, but I don't feel like it lived up to like I wanted a real cookie and it was mm. yeah, they're pretty mediocre cookies. Yeah. yeah, a little too far fetched. I also don't love the, all the overly fruity stuff uh, like fruity pebbles and mm-hmm. uh, fruit loops. Yeah, um, you know, it's just I mean, and this kind of speaks to just who I uh, who I was broken up in my youth and kind of the the philosophy that my parents. Uh, put on me is that you know i did kind of want some wholesome (laughs) (laughs) grains in there i wasn't sticking to the artificially scented uh cereals weren't weren't a huge um you know they weren't weren't totally i wasn't totally head over heels about them for sure but i will say moving towards that subject like the other types of cereals that i truly like yeah I've always liked and i will continue to like um the non-sugar trifecta the non-sugar trifecta but it's still gotta like, hit that spot right you we yeah. eat cereal for a reason right and it's to hit that cereal spot right yeah and but, I, I wonder if you guys will agree with me on any of these but you were kind of talking about um tony the tiger and how that brand recognition was a big deal to you um wheaties you know, in the 90s with Michael Jordan on the box mm-hmm. and a lot of iconic celebrities and sports folks uh, on the box of Wheaties. And they're still doing that today, which I actually think is pretty cool. Um, but Wheaties, I always had a high regard for. And I I, I eat, I think they taste good, too. So mm. I'm going to put Wheaties at number three. Also um, known as Raisin Brand minus the raisins. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so we're, this is a brand based. It's been a long time since I had a bowl of Wheaties, so I'm. I'm trying to. I was always curious, Chester. Maybe you can give your take on this. 
what was the difference between Wheaties and Total? Were they just different? Uh, was it like Total, the post version of Wheaties? You know, because yeah, Kellogg's, yeah, Post, totally... General Mills are the three big ones, right? Right. And, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And where's Flutie uh, Flakes fit well, into there? The big difference between Wheaties and Total. Total just—they never had a chance to be as cool as Wheaties. So like, a total failure, you might say. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, who really likes Total? You know, like Wheaties are good. Uh, yeah, I, I felt like Total was like, what like Lonely Bachelors ate. <laughs> yeah, or like grandparents, like yeah. along right next to the grape nuts. Yeah, grape, grape nuts. Yeah, grape. Oh my god! Was there ever a worse <laughs> cereal than grape nuts? <laughs> I feel like there's a real specific reason that people ate that, and it's not one that I always ever needed or had i think it's fiber maybe like <laughs> like uh, like, right. like prune juice anyway it's next to the prune juice yeah so that's funny that you guys compare wheaties to raisin bran um i never thought that that was the exact cereal like you know total raisin bran wheaties like they're the same cereal with like very like slight differences maybe mm-hmm. but raisin bran is in my top three for sure okay i've always liked raisin bran i do like raisin in my cereal uh, regardless of the cereal, I put raisins in my cereals a lot, like my granola or my oatmeal or yeah. just about anything. I'll throw some raisins in there, and I like that. But I'll, I'll enjoy a bowl of, of raisin bran any day of does, the year. Does sure. it? Did it match the six six grams of sugar limit that your parents? Yeah. So you could oh, get yeah. raisin bran for sure. So that would you? Fun. So would you consider raisin bran to be a sugar cereal, or does that go on your non sugar trifecta? That's number two on my non-sugar trifecta. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's it's a good for you cereal, let me tell you. I, I'm a dad, okay? Yeah. So I know what I'm talking about. It's you a do. good for you cereal. Totally. Yeah, all right. And then number one, um, this one might surprise you guys. I don't know. There might be other people in the world that are like, yeah, yeah. But I think this is going to be a shocker for most people, is um, Rice Krispies with bananas. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah that goes. That I, goes, I, for sure. I used to eat this, like, in my college cafeteria yep. uh, just because that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to eat right then. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I didn't have the option to get all those sugar cereals in my college cafeteria. I did, but this is what I wanted. Like, I felt like it was tasty. Yep. Um, I threw that banana in there, which had some good nutrients and nutritional aspect, but also sweet and good. It was just a good combo. It was a good uh, flavor profile all the way around. And, um, I remember coming, I remember coming to visit you at Humboldt state and you would, one of the greatest parts was we'd get, we'd wake and bake and then we'd go to the cafeteria and, uh, and have free run of the place. And I just remember I would often combine two or even three different sugar cereals because they're all in those like gravity bins and you can just, you know, mix and match. So I got to try out combinations that, you know, until then, it had been inaccessible to me in my life. That was totally, a really big totally. part of my development as a young man. Oh, that's great to hear. And on those days, I, let me, I was not eating. No, no, you were right there with me. For sure. and, yeah. uh, bananas on that particular day yeah. or those multiple days. Hey, but, Chester, um, <laughs> can, Chester, can I ask you just another, you know, because I know you got a lot of experience in this. When you're eating Rice Krispies with the bananas, are you the type of dude who cuts full circles like like big chunks of bananas are you cutting them those chunks in half quarters mm. small chunks what do you what's your recommendation for the listeners yeah yeah no those perfectly just circular chunks of banana absolutely yeah, and I'll, I'll usually just use one whole banana you know because that seems like a good serving size um you know just a nice 
average size bowl of Rice Krispies and throw a whole banana on there, chop it up in whole circles. Yep. I feel like that's part of the commercial whenever they say it's part of this complete breakfast. You need they always market cereal as part of a complete breakfast. Rarely do we do we include a complete breakfast with the cereal, but yeah, but you, yeah, yeah, I did, we did that too in our household and you know, I'll just say to echo you chess, you know, I have a slightly different of the non-sugar, but I think my three, two, one would probably be uh plain kicks. Mm. Rice Krispies would be in the number two. And then my number one would be checks, you know, whether rice or corn, I loved checks and I, Mm -hmm. you know, those ones I was always down to, to munch on. Cool. That's a great list. Um, I, I love kicks. And also yeah. just in the topic of these, you know, my bonus uh, answer for, you know, uh, six grams of sugar or less. Another great cereal that's kind of under the radar cereal is um, what was it called? I think it's called like multi Cheerio or something. Oh, yeah, that was those are what the alt kids had. The kids who's like parents would get them like weird toys and stuff. They had like the, multi, <laughs> the multi-cheerio and I never really knew what those were, but like, well, I was like a trifecta yeah, Cheerio. It was yeah. like your regular Cheerio, right. a Cheerio and like a whole grain like, Cheerio thrown in the mix or right. like a berry one or something. Yeah. And like, it was a little bit sweeter. Yeah. Uh-huh. Than your regular Cheetos. I don't know. It was, that was, that was yeah. I like the, I like the one. diversity of colors too. You know, it's like, we need that more in this world of <laughs> yeah, different colors mixing cheerio, together. For sure. You yeah. know, uh, why does it all have to be homogenized? One color, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Just a thought. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I felt like some, some of the kids at my school would, you know, we would, you'd always roll with, you know, there was always this one kid who would roll with a Ziploc full of the multi Cheerios, but then he would just pick out all the sweet ones and then he'd try to pawn off the whole <laughs> wheat ones on, Oh yeah, you want a Cheerio here? And it'd be like a handful of whole wheats. You know, it was kind of like a stink palm in a way. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to stick clear of those types of people. Like, yeah. even when you're just eating a bowl of cereal, like, you can't pick through the box of cereal so that you have more marshmallows. No, no, that's up in your bowl. No, like, that's, ah, that's a foul. That's out of bounds. Mess up your ratio, first of all, and you're going to mess up everybody else's ratio, too. So, yeah, yeah. come on, man. You know, an, an, another couple honorable mentions, you know, I, I know that you don't have a whole lot of time chess. So we don't want to keep you too long, but I don't know. I mean, this is probably the, you're the pretty engaged today. Yeah. Day, Super to important. Honest, like, this has been great. Yeah. So all right, good my boy, shout out Dante Rushdan in high school. I'd never experienced this cereal before, but he always had it at his house. It was the honey Graham O's hmm. and they were like okay. these, they're these thick O's maybe about the size of a quarter and then stuffed in the middle of, you know, if you think of like a, uh, a, a graham donut in the middle of the hole was like packed with kind of like a, a cluster, like an almond mm-hmm. cluster. And they yeah. were delicious. They were a great munchy snack, you know, those. And then uh shout out Jamai Lowell. The only time I think I ever actually got to eat them when I went to his house, he had the Reese's puffs, which oh, was like, dude, you know, I don't know how he got his mom to buy those. Cause that's just right. straight up candy on the box. But the yeah. Reese's puffs was a solid, you know, kind of a chocolate, and peanut butter kicks combo. Yeah, that's pretty killer because yeah, I'm a I'm a big Reese's fan, anyways, and uh, that's lucky, man. I spent a lot of time at Jemai and Kai's house growing up, and I never got Reese's Puffs, man. That's that's good stuff, Hobie. Hell yeah. Well, hey, uh, uh, you're you're welcome to stay with us as long as you want and can, but uh, I think me and Tony we're gonna keep moving down our list of top tens. Maybe you can comment yeah. on them if you want. Well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Um, I'm going to have to say goodbye, but I think 
you know, there's no, you know, you said you're at number seven, right? And this yeah. is kind of the seventh inning stretch. Exactly. I've always, you know, peanuts and Cracker Jacks were one thing, but cereal is another great thing for the seventh inning stretch or for any game or movie that you're watching, like a sports game. It's like right. two thirds of the way through. I'm going to go get a bowl of cereal. Like it's perfect. Oh yeah. Um, cereal in the ballpark. The- that's a new, that's a new innovation. I wonder if they could pull it off. Like a cereal station or do you got to pack your own and sneak it past security? You got a carton <laughs> of milk in there, you know? <laughs> Totally. Oh, I like it. I like it. That'd be good. Somehow incorporate it into like mini helmets or something. If you want like the uh, souvenir bowl. Did you you ever, this might be a a personal question, but did you ever get into, did you ever try breast milk? Oh, wow. And did you ever try breast milk with cereal? I always wondered, you know, that's interesting. Yeah. That's like a whole nother category. No, I've never tried that. Like I tried that. I've never tried breast milk, although we have a, you know, we have like kind of a deal that I think me and Tony made with our friend that if she ever, if she ever gets pregnant, that she'll she we're gonna make some breast milk uh, ice cream from some of that if if we can, wow. you know, if if mother wow. permitting, you know. But yeah, totally. I've I've heard it's sweet. I've never tested it myself, but I wouldn't yeah, think you'd want good. it with a sugar cereal, but perhaps with like a, you know, with a Rice Krispie or a Chex, it might it might it might go. I, I would I would not say no to that. I would definitely give that a try. And I think you're onto something though with the ice cream flavor because typically it's a little more rich uh, and flavorful. And oftentimes when it's served, it's served warm, which makes it even more like rich funky. and creamy. Yeah, somehow. yeah, right. All right. But before I leave, I do have to tell you guys a story. Like when I think about cereals, um, there is a, ma- a major part of my life where. Um, I just went for it with cereal. And you guys might recall um, in high school, we had finals, like during finals week, you would have like one or two big finals in the morning, and then you would have the afternoon off, Oh yeah, uh, theoretically, to like go study real hard for your sure, next final yeah. the next day. A lot of studying. <laughs> so somehow, I can't remember what year it was, but my one of my greatest friends ever best friend in high school kyle shaw and i I knew that was coming i was gonna ask you you what the what the kyle shaw's shaw's house choice was yeah the shaw's kept a nice larder for sure they had a full pantry (laughs) yes but this particular tradition we would leave school you know at noon um finals week and instead of studying and super hard for our finals the next day we would go buy multiple boxes of cereal if i'm not uh, mistaken i think it was four wow. and we would go to the movie store back in the days when there was movie stores and we would rent four movies so we'd go to this t- the grocery store we get four boxes of cereal go get four movies and we'd go back to his house where he had that big huge l-shaped couch and uh the big tv and we would eat cereal oftentimes in big uh, salad bowls and watch movies for the rest of the afternoon. If you were um, to estimate, what were what were the varieties that you guys would go for with that crew? Yeah, I think we hit a few staples, you know, like um, kicks or checks and a couple things to actually like feed us, like meal, wholesome meal. But we definitely ventured into the Lucky Charms and Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Uh, yeah, I got some sweet ones in there too that we don't usually get to enjoy in that that fashion you know so pretty cool just a real memorable 
uh, time. Dude, I love it. That's a great tradition. It wasn't just like one day during finals. This was like every year, every semester at finals. Like, hey, like what day this week? It was, I think it was probably usually Wednesday. Let's do the bowl, the cereal on movie day. Yes. I love that, man. I love that. You know, and as as someone that loves movies so much and, and you and I have our own movie traditions in our lives, that really right. speaks to me, and uh, and especially with with making the tradition with the series. You know, this whole episode today got started because two days ago was St. Patrick's Day, and um, growing up, me and Tony had this tradition where on St. Patrick's Day we would uh, watch Braveheart and eat Lucky Charms. <laughs> and so um, on Wednesday, I went to the store and I I got all the makings for a. Uh, made a really bomb corned beef and cabbage stew. And we had dinner, had a Guinness, and then uh, we sat down and watched Braveheart, and uh, we got a family-sized box of Lucky Charms, and we hit it hard, and uh, and it was glorious. And, and then the next day, you know, Tony learned why, as adults, we don't eat so much sugar cereal. <laughs> I already said it on the podcast, but I got the worst acid reflux, and I was hungover all day. Oof, not brutal. from the Guinness. Damn. It was like a uh, whole day of headache, chest ache, stomach ache. And it was uh, because I went hard in the paint. <laughs> totally. Sometimes you can't avoid that. But, dude, that story sounds amazing. Like, up until the point where it didn't sit well for you, Tony, that just that seemed like a real decadent, luxurious day with all that delicious food. Um, and I do think that... Uh, based on this conversation, the, one of the very next times we all get together, we're going to have to get a couple boxes of cereal and just sit down and enjoy big yeah. bowls of cereal together and watch some movies. Like I, I yeah. can't imagine a better use of my time. I would love to do that with you guys as soon as possible. Hell yeah. Well, Days and Confused is going to be on that list for sure. I mean, nice. But I'm I so like there. It. You know, with sugar cereal, you got to pay the cost to be the boss, you know? And I paid the cost <laughs> big time. But I felt like a boss for that short time. Dude, I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, looping me into the call. Really fun to t- talk about cereal with you guys. And um, I look forward to hearing the rest of your uh, your top tens. Hell yeah, brother. Well, dude, thanks so much for calling in. We love having you on the BartCast. And, uh, you know, have a, great, uh, have a great rest of your Friday. Happy Friday. And make sure you let our, our nephew Khalil know that uh, – we're thinking of him as we as we lay down our choices. Beautiful. Yeah, happy Friday, uh, brothers. And, um, yeah, I think Khalil and Nico, too, are just a, sh- a few short years for having their own um, strong opinions in this conversation. So awesome. We'll, we'll look forward to that. Might too. have to have a follow-up. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Sounds totally. great, They might Jeff. listen to this one day and be like, what? You guys are way off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, good stuff. All right, Tony. Hobie, have All a good right. one, man. Have, have a good Friday. one, Chess. Love you, brother. Love you, brother. Love you. Peace. Okay, well, so this is the part where we need to cue in the seventh inning stretch um, organ. And mm-hmm. uh, I actually do need to take a little little stretch here, and we can fix it in post. Oh, yeah. And we're back. Um, well, it was gr- always great getting to talk to our older brother, Chess. The three brothers unite. And, and like I said, you know, I think in, in my lifetime, he was the innovator of the salad salad bowl of cereal. Yeah, and, and what a treat, you know, to get someone who's so knowledgeable about the subject, such an expert in the field, you might say, you know, with such a, you know, like just high number of, of experiments conducted 
you know, we're really about sample size here yeah. and, and to get a scientific, you know, um, authority on the subject is just a real treat. I think. For, yeah. It was for really clear. Base. He, he has done his research and, and he can really make his claims with confidence, uh, having such a, a, you know, wide, uh, array of experimentation and, and data. It's really about the data, you know, and, and he's got it. So, so yeah, you were just about to, uh, announce, introduce us to your number seven tones. Yes, I was about to talk to my about my number seven, which is a lesser known, um, maybe not lesser known, but it was a limited run, and um, it was. I only ate this cereal a few times. I would say circa two thousand four, hmm. and it was um, so a high school hitter. High school hitter, maybe late middle school, around you know from eighth grade to sophomore year range. I, I don't know the exact things, but. It was a similar time when I was, uh, you know, experimenting with, uh, you know, uh, other kinds of greenery. You know, it was like the bong rip phase. Mm. And that kind of decadence led to a very decadent um, craving for cereal. And I remember that um, my friend, my friend Tommy, his mom um, would allow him to get, um, you know, the decadent cereal brands. Which leads me to announcing my number seven drum roll, um, Rice Krispy Treat cereal. Mm. So this wasn't your standard Rice Krispies. This was exactly how it sounds: clusters of Rice Krispy treats. That that's basically what it was. You know, uh, it was a little more crispy than like your than like a, a Rice Krispy treat, which is has large marshmallow content. So probably they rolled back the marshmallow content to keep that cru- that crunch, you know. But I just remember, you know, uh, maybe it was the inebriation or the, you know, the, uh, you know, um, you never know whether it was the bong rips or not. But I remember that being some fire, a fire choice for, for the Stony PM uh, cereal choice. Yeah, it was kind of like clust marshmallow clusters of Rice Krispies, right? Yeah, exactly. It was it was clusters, and you know, in a was time it in the mix, was there regular Rice Krispies mixed in as well? Yeah, think about like there was small there there was there was like a lot of singular Rice Krispies, but I think that had to do with just natural breakup and breakage. Mm-hmm. So you would get these clusters, but you'd also get just sweet marshmallowy. It wasn't marshmallows like a Lucky Charms. It was like coated, right? Rice Krispie treats. Yeah, Rice Krispie treats if you've ever had them. Classic treat. So I put that at a seven because it doesn't hold the same nostalgic um, weight as some of the other ones. Uh, And I only ate it a few times. And it's sort of like that special occasion cereal. Like it wouldn't be the one that you would want on the AM to get you started with the day. It's the one you want when you're indulging, you know, when you're... uh, you know, when you're over at your bud's house on the weekend, you know, it's interesting that you bring those up. Cause I was always kind of disappointed, pointed by those. I, I tried them a couple times. They were all right, but I never quite, uh, I never quite was as, was as stoked. I liked the idea. I liked the concept, but to me, they kind of fell in, in line with like cookie crisp where it was like, you know, the idea, it was a lark, but, uh, they never quite did it for me as much. 
Well, whether it was the weed or the, you know, it's, they say that uh, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. And uh, I, was, uh, I was seeing some beautiful things for the first time. And, you know, that's why it made the list was because of maybe the moment where I was at. Yeah, I can, I can respect you that. Know. Cool. Well, that brings us to my number seven. And uh, like yours, it's interesting, you know, for my number seven... I'm a, I decided to go for a, a lesser known variety as well. This is one that probably, you know, I would guess most people aren't aware of. Um, and I, I didn't have it a ton of times. Only, I only had it a few times, but it was like such a hitter every time that I, that I chose it or found it or whatever. Um, and that's honey checks. Honey Checks, I think they stand alone from the other honey cereals. It was a specific kind of honey flavor that they imbued in the Checks. And it was like the perfect amount, and it was still a little crunchy like you like a Checks. But, uh, yeah, I really I really enjoyed it. And, 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 and when I would see it, I didn't always see it on the shelf, but when I would, and I could get you to agree... I would I would advocate for that one for sure, and that's my number seven. Honey checks goes. I I definitely will will back that one up as well. You know I don't have as much experience with it, but it was one that I was happy to eat when it was there. Exactly. I feel you. All right. Okay. Well, we'll keep it moving then. Yeah, keep it moving. Um, my uh my number six was um I actually pulled a late game audible. When we were talking to my brother, yeah, I thought of a cereal that I didn't think of when I was making my original list. Hey, that's allowed here. So I'm going to have to do an honorable mention to my um, my number six that I had, which was Apple Jacks, mm. which I just think is a solid, solid choice for six, <laughs> you know. But um, but then I thought of this other one, and and it just, you know, I decided to go for it. So Apple Jacks. Really good. I don't know if they have real bits of apples, but do you see those little pieces in there that sometimes get stuck in the hole? They're pretty good. That's the bonus one. But the one that I'm choosing is Golden Grams. Mm. You talked about these. So oftentimes what makes a cereal for me iconic or legendary, it's this subtle distinction. We have a lot of honey nut brands. We have a lot of honey brands. But what makes one honey flavor different from the other it's such a small difference because we're talking honey here we're talking sugar sometimes it's cinnamon whatever it is yeah but it's the balance you know of how they massage that high fructose corn syrup oh yeah you know how do they balance that flavor and how do they finesse the fructose if you will yes and i think golden grams is one of these ones that just has this iconic flavor like you taste it and you're just like oh that hits my golden grams button Mm -hmm. and it was just one of those ones i didn't get enough of when i was growing up but every time i had it i was like oh yeah i love golden grams you know it's and and i like the elegance of a simple flavor yeah you know um and golden grams they didn't try to do too much did they even have a mascot i don't recall that they did maybe we can ask, ask our technical director yeah for that. yeah let's yeah yeah and I, I i feel like the milk tasted really good afterwards you know so that that was a factor that that held in but and also um you know they soak up nicely as well so on that saturation factor 
Um, they probably have a small window of, of when that saturation is at its, at its ideal. But when you catch that, you know, it's a, it's a special taste. Yeah, and, and I have a lot to say, but that's higher up on my list. So I'm going to uh, hold off. Okay, I respect um, that. But, uh, but yeah, just I, I feel you on everything you said. So that brings me to my number six, which, uh, you know, I feel like in our house, this this one was a little, I feel like it kind of was a little underrated. It didn't quite get the respect it was due. It's one that's a harder sell to your parents because it's so obviously a sugar cereal. Like there's no hiding this one. Um, I do. I did want to say, Tony, that, uh, you know, I really support you removing Apple Jacks from your list. <laughs> yeah, you don't got love for the Jack. You know, I, I never really loved them. Um, I always felt like Apple Jacks were kind of a poor man's Fruit Loop. You know, like whereas Fruit Loops had many color, many flavors and colors. Apple Jacks was like if you just sorted out the green Fruit Loops. And so for me, they weren't that exciting. Weren't, weren't a lot to write home about. Didn't love the flavor. Um, but that brings me to my six. Which, yeah, I think this is again is is one of the uh, the great A list cereals, and for some reason in our family, I felt like it never really got uh, much play. But every time I had it, I actually was surprised at how much I liked it. That's Captain Crunch. Uh, Ooh, I Captain do love me Crunch. some Captain Crunch, and most specifically, Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries. I think gotta have the Crunch. You berries. gotta have the Crunch Berries. I I don't really think that you you know. Once you've had the crunch berries, it's kind of hard to go back to just crap. Yeah, crunch. no, you're not. You're um, not going back. To yeah, but, but also, you know, we were talking about strong mascots. Yeah. I would put the captain, like he's a debatable number one, but you know, maybe he's, he's top three. Two. He's top three. The ca- me and the captain make it. Yeah, happen. you and the captain make it happen. That's one of the strongest strong serial catchphrases. Yeah, yeah, definitely, me and the ca- you and the captain. They rhyme. It has a nice little rhyme in there, <laughs> and uh, you know, I think the Captain Crunch has a pretty high OSP. You know, like the you know it once it's saturated, it does lose a little bit of quality, but uh, you know whether because of the thick sugar coating on each piece. You know, one of the things I liked about Captain Crunch was like some other cereals, you know, um, it was kind of like a compromise. Like you had your sugar bits and you had your plain bits. The plain bits were so that you could convince your parents that it was real food. Uh But really what you wanted was the sugar bits. Captain Crunch was all sugar bits. Everything was frosted in there, you know, so you weren't like mixing it in some blander pieces with some sweeter pieces. But yet there was still the balance. We're talking about that ratio from sugar bits to bland bits. And there has to be, you know, you don't want the sugary bits to be too sweet. Maybe totally. you did when you're a kid and you don't want the bland bits to be too bland. And I got to agree. There's a nice balance there where the, the more um, subtlety of the regular captain crunch pieces yeah. mixed with the crunch berries it was yeah. an excellent balance. And, totally. And I just got a question for you because I forget when, while you were saying it, is it Captain Crunch or Cap'n? It's Cap'n Crunch. Cap'n. Yeah, so C-I-P like, apostrophe N. Me and the Cap'n make it happen? Mm-hmm. Or happen? Captain happen? Me and the Cap'n make it happen. Okay, okay. Just had to clarify that there. Man, I forgot about the Captain. But, you know, you can, you got to pick 10. You got to shoot from the hip and see what comes out on this one, you know? Oh, yeah. 
Cool, man. Well, yeah, that's my number six. Number six. All right, we're in the top half of the table here with number five. Yeah, so number was, five. Was there something about this top half for you that differentiates from the bottom half? Was there something that allowed these cereals? Are you going on just with your gut or on your heart? You know, what did you follow for your top half of the table? Yeah, so in the beginning of this, I kind of was saying how a strong factor, which, which um, you know, raised cereals up to me, um, to the top was a nostalgia or the, mm-hmm. the cereals that, that for some reason were significant in your life, for some reason your parents bought more, yeah. um, stuff like that. So these ones I have the most experience with. So I feel like I have the, the best ability to say some of those other ones I had a yeah. handful of times, you know, how did that taste? I think back on it. I remember like these ones I'm pretty clear about. Yeah. Yeah. For me, you know, in addition to, to nostalgia, there was really these two points that the cereals in my top five, you know, that made them to the top of the table. And that's legacy and gravitas. <laughs> yeah. And these five on top, they have both of those as well as, you know, a, a, a nostalgia for me. So I'm excited to get to them. Hit me with your five, Sean. Uh, before I do, I just want you to talk just a little bit about, because I like that scale there. What are you looking for? What's this legacy? Can you define that? Can you define the gravitas? Just so that, you know, while I'm describing these, I can... Sure, yeah. I mean, I think when I would go, you know, as a kid to the the supermarket aisle, you know, Chester, our brother, you know, he talked about how his son was, is like kind of too young to really understand what the cereal actually tastes like. But he does go for the, the colors on the box. So for me, like... Yeah, the cereal tasted good, but I, my palate wasn't even that developed yet as a little kid, like to really discern uh, the subtleties. And so for me, a lot of it was like, how, like, what's the experience of getting the cereal? Is it going to make me really excited? And the right cereal box would make you so excited. Oh, yeah. And these, some of these flavors, they have such a... There's such a part of my childhood. There's certain ones on here that we're going to get to in a minute that I have specific memories tied to. And so for me, that's legacy. You know, there's this, there's a story behind my relationship with the, with the cereal. And then the gravitas is just like, you know, as a, as a little kid, a, a good cereal box can really make you feel a sense of awe and childish wonder. Does the cereal convey that to you as a kid? Does it make you excited to eat it does it make you excited to put that in the in the cart and to spend your valuable uh leveraging capital with your parents on your cereal for the day like maybe you wanted to like rent a movie maybe you wanted to go to a friend's house or maybe you're going to spend that leveraging capital on a box of sugar cereal so you know gravitas is really what's going to inspire me to put in that extra effort yeah i feel that so so for my number five um, it was one that you scored a little bit lower on, but I think that what bumped it up was the nostalgia. And I remember getting these in the small boxes when we were camping. It was one that I would choose. And I remember, you know, um, they always had strong games on the back. I thought the branding was strong. And I, the, you know, the point that I disagree with you on was actually the way the milk tasted after. I really liked Fruit Loops. I just think that that when it soaks up that milk and you get that fruity taste afterwards, talk about another flavor that, you know, we're talking about this specific fruity, artificial fruity taste. That's just 
You know, I was talking about golden grams having this certain honey thing. Mwah. Like it, the subtlety between one and the other, between fruity pebbles and you know, and Fruit Loops. Um, there, there's this this iconic. On the tip of my tongue, I can imagine this flavor, and mm. Fruit Loops is iconic in this way, mm-hmm. and. Um, and I think it's one that we got a few times growing up, a yeah. few more times. Totally. Um, you know, the toucan, you know, he was pretty chill. I liked the way he had kind of like different colors on his beak. Toucan Sam, it's a nice rhyme. Toucan Sam, strong brand. I will say that Fruit Loops, I think of the fruity cereals, has the most gravitas. You know, I got into this this conversation last night with our roommate Aaron, and he was telling me that he's actually a tricks guy. Oh. He prefers tricks. I I think I think that uh, Fruit Loops actually has a better flavor than Tricks, as well as the Fruity Pebbles. I, I, I've I've always maintained that the um I think that yeah that the the Fruit Loops it's got a high OSP doesn't get soggy too fast. Fruity Pebbles is soggy almost immediately, oh, yeah. and Tricks to me, yeah. it's all right. You know I didn't love. I, I was more of a toucan the man. The texture than the wasn't as man. good. Yeah. Fruity Pebbles, it was like the colors would run. It just turned yeah. into this brown. Totally. You know, um, and it was, it, I always remembered it being a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, I felt that way. You know, you thought it was going to be better than it was. Plus but, it was, let's be honest, they just ripped off, you know, their, they didn't even come up with an original mascot. It was literally the uh, Flintstones were, were peddling the that's Fruity right, Pebbles. That's right, that's right. I like the Flintstones, but I remember thinking like, come on. Come up with your own brand. You know? Yeah, they are, that, that's that'd be an interesting subcategory. The ones where, you know, um, during my research, I was seeing that there was there was different whether it's Scooby Doo uh, or there was different right. you know crossovers where they're trying to bring in a cartoon market. They're never as good, you know, capitalizing on the '90s kid. Yeah, they're never you know good. toy commercials and stuff. Totally. Uh, but Fruit Loops. The other thing I wanted to talk about was that I'm trying to put my finger on what it is. But I always felt like there was some secret ingredient, whether it was synthetic or not, in Fruit Loops. I always got this like cardamom taste, mm. and the reason that it was like that is like I've I've always been a big fan of um, like rice pudding at uh, at Indian restaurants or or chada. I'm trying to remember. There's a specific taste that I get from some of those cardamom based drinks and it reminds me of fruit loops and maybe that's my own psychology i always felt like there was a secret ingredient in fruit loops that i didn't know what it was yeah. and it was the specific thing that was not in the other fruit cereals and cardamom whether it was that or not there was this certain thing that fruit loops did it was it was actually a toucan powder toucan powder like beak powder like ground up beak don't ask <laughs> don't ask toucan feet Toucan powder. Toucan I believe, feathers. I believe toucan powder was the secret ingredient you're talking about. But uh, but yeah, man, Fruit Loops. I got no qualms with that. It's it's an A list cereal for so sure. It's a solid five, I'd yeah. say. Okay. You know. Cool. Well, well, now we get to my five, which is uh, already been named on your list, and this is where you start to see the difference between us as brothers. You know, um, for me, my number five uh, is Golden Grams. And, you know, I always loved Golden Grams. You, you touched on a lot, the uniqueness of the honey flavor. Um, I, I liked the texture a lot. The ridges. The, the ridges, ridges are great. Big. I liked, uh, I felt like it was good out of the box without milk, with milk. You know, the other thing 
as far as a gravitas perspective, you know, so many of the best cereals are alliterative. You got Frosted Flakes, Cap'n Crunch, Golden Grams. That double G, to me, like, it's a, it's a solid choice in building a cereal name. And, you know, I got to give a shout out, you know, as far as the legacy Justin Luongo. <laughs> Justin Luongo. You know, different characters come into your world as a kid and you go to certain houses and it's a, you know, this is a Frosted Flakes house. Ryan Cranes was a Frosted Mini Wheat house. Yeah. You know, Justin Luongo always came through with the Golden Grams and uh, that shout out Justin Lucrative, you know. And so for me, yeah, Golden Grams is one that we didn't always get at our spot, but I was always excited to go to a friend's house and see that yellow box sitting on the table. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, you know, I looked up, uh, in in my little break from sp- speaking, I looked up the Golden Grams uh, mascot, <laughs> and I think it was short lived because it was like I couldn't tell what it was. It looks like a weird blob of like like a drop with eyes, like very half baked, kind of like mucusy, almost like a snot blob. You should look it up and see because it is hilarious. Some people in the marketing department, you know, probably, uh, you know, lost uh, a promotion on that one. Oh, yeah. It's like, kind of like it's a, very bad. Kind of looks like Patrick from uh, SpongeBob. Yeah, but like this weird like mucusy looking. Color. Yeah, I think uh, it's supposed I, to be a drop of honey, maybe. Yeah, and I think I think that they decided to X that and just they just went with a strong, colorful um, font instead. Which, yeah. You know, simplicity is a big thing. If you can't have a, you know, the gravitas of a Fruit Loops, you know, um, you know, or a Tony the Tiger, totally. uh, just go with a strong font and a nice color, and mm-hmm. you know, kids are going to want to grab that off the shelf. As well as, you know, let's be honest, one thing that they did do well that that I think uh, was helpful for us kids was they made Golden Grams was marketed in a way that, as a kid, it made it easy to lobby for. It's not, it doesn't have marshmallows. It's not a burst of sugar. Yes, it's a sugar cereal, but like you're giving your parents something to like, to bend on. Yeah. And, and they keep it simple. It doesn't look too outrageous. Gives your parent a feeling like they might be letting you have your way, but they don't have to, you know, it's not a, it's not a marshmallow blasted fruit loops, you know? So as a kid, that's giving you the uh, opportunity to make a strong case for it. Yes. So you think we're ready for my number four? Let's hit it. Hit me with your number four. First off, I'll say, you know, this is another one that, that I feel like I have a lot of experience with, and it's, it's, it represents a certain time period in, in our life. We just had our stepbrother on, and I think that one thing that I wanted to talk about, that we had so much to talk about, but I wanted to clarify, um, you know, that me and my brother, we grew up with our single mother, um, and, and so there, that was a different phase of cereal eating when we were getting food from the food bank. Yeah. Um, and at a certain point we, we blended families. We got our stepdad who's Chester's dad. And there was a time when, um, you know, we were all in the same house and it was more important to sort of buy in bulk because right. now there's more hungry kids. Yeah. We're starting to come of age. We're starting to get into that, that phase. Where we're going to, we're going to put down some serious food. And it was right in this golden era of Costco becoming like, you know, mainstream. just a major player, right. you know, it was becoming mainstream. People were starting to make Costco runs, getting Idell sausages, getting the the basic large tortilla packs for quesadillas. And one of the things that we would just keep stocked, it kind of fell in between this, um, in that gray area where parents would still buy it. 
um, partially because the branding, I think. Honey Bunches of Oats. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a four for me. I wouldn't say that it's my favorite cereal in terms of sugar cereal, mm-hmm. but it's one that I have so much experience with. I feel like it's one of the ones I've eaten the most of. Yeah. And because of that, it holds a strong four in, in my in my choice. Um, the clusters, the clusters are great. Oh, yeah. It's got the flakes. Mm-hmm. What else is in there? It's got clusters and flakes. And Well, this is my number three, and uh, and, and I can talk about it a little bit with you here because it is next. Um, for me, it's that's my number three. It, the flavor is, is excellent. It's perfect. The blend is great. I'm personally a uh, honey bunches of oats with almonds guy. I think that the blue Definitely. box... I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy the gold. Yeah. I would buy it with the almonds. With the That's almonds, and, and they really just nailed. It's like these sugary clusters with cornflakes and almonds, almond slices. And I think the almonds are a selling point because the parents yeah. are going to think that that you know that's totally. a real protein source. Totally, and they really hide the sugar in the clusters. It's 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 you know it's the honey bunches, but that you know it's honey bunches of oats. The oats kind of has an emphasis that rises through. And I think that it's just what they do so well with the cereal is they have this variety of texture. Oh, so yeah. like the, there's these three different elements. And so like, even as some parts of the cereal get soggier, you're still going to have crunchy clusters and you're going to have these almonds that hold form till the very end. So let's talk about a cereal that probably has the widest yeah. time frame. Like, like, yes, if you wait, the flakes are going to get soggy, but you're still going to have clusters that are holding form. So, you know, you could you could pour a bowl of honey bunches of oats and let's say you get caught, you got to do a chore, whatever you got to do. It's still going to be pretty good, you know, and, and have some crunch to it from those bunches, right? Oh, yeah. And they're pretty dense, so they don't, uh, you know, so they don't um, just sog up right away. So... Honey Bunches of Oats is my four, um, and and definitely ate a lot of that when I was coming of age. Oh, yeah. that We had the large Costco-sized box in our house uh, throughout high school. It was one that uh, our parents could justify getting us. I definitely saw Chester with a with a salad bowl of Honey Bunches oh, yeah. of Oats no, on multiple occasions. No, he didn't buy a lot. And, mm. and, you know, just to say, you know, when we all moved in together, I think for our folks, you know, it went from like maybe one or two sons to suddenly three hungry growing boys in a house. So Costco was like the totally the go-to option for keeping us fed. I just got a text from Chester. He said, you know, man, I forgot. He, I forgot about Cap'n Crunch and cornflakes. So he wanted us to, to add uh, Cap'n Crunch into his top three sugar cereals and cornflakes into his top three non-sugar cereals. So, uh, you know, we might have to check in with him another time on which ones he would bump you know yeah exactly um but yeah man so honey bunches of oats are going to be my number three and and i'll mention those again but for number four in my four spot here's another i think uh sleeper hit that uh might not be on a lot of people's lists but for me it's an iconic part of my childhood it's it's something that, you know, when I think of this cereal, I think of my grandma's house. You know, she uh, was the kind of grandma that would always, you know, when we, when we would go down and visit her in L.A., 
and we showed up. She would already have the cereal waiting for us. I don't know when she decided that this was the cereal we liked, but like for years she would get the same cereal for us. And, uh, you know, of all the varieties of this particular brand, I think it's the strongest, but it's also kind of like the most sleeper and that's apple cinnamon Cheerios. Oh, um, you know, they nail it with the flavor. So you're apple cinnamon Cheerios over Applejack any day. Okay. Any day of the week. Because they have that little bit of cinnamon and there's a nuttiness in there too. Yeah, Apple Jacks aren't really apple cinnamon, huh? No, they're like an artificial apple flavor. It's kind of bland. But apple cinnamon Cheerios, it's again, it's one of those cereals that just, they perfect flavor. They just hit it. It's just a straight hitter. And it really has that legacy feel. Like I have an emotional, you know, when I taste that, I think of my grandma who had, you know, she for years, you know, she would get that cereal for us. And, uh, and I really just remember going, coming down in the morning in LA and sitting at that big wooden table in their, in their dining room and just having a box of apple cinnamon Cheerios. Yes. For me. Yeah. Rest in peace, Debbie Parducci. Yeah. Um, there's another cereal that I would think it, I would say was, was, you know, I know what you're talking about and we're going to, we're going to get to it. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that to me was the one that reminded me of grandma's. But I, w- I want to talk about that a little okay. bit later. Um, so here we are, the top, top three. Top three. The, the, the top echelon of the bunches. These are all really important. I've already said my number three, which was honey bunches of oats with almonds. So we don't need to talk a whole lot more about mine. So I'm really interested to see how, what what your top three, what made the cut. Yeah, I've, I have a feeling that we're going to have some crossover here. So it might not be, we may want to just kind of like, uh, discuss it as it comes up so that we don't, you know, like if we each go back and forth and they're the same ones, Mm -hmm. maybe we get into a good conversation about each one. My three, um, is the one cereal that, that, um, I chose on the list that has marshmallows. I actually really like marshmallows in cereal and lucky charms is my top three it was one that i always wanted when i was little mm-hmm. it would have been one of my top choices yeah i never got enough of it yeah those little marshmallows you know what was another one there was like alphabets or something alphabets count chocula with the marshmallows i felt like count chocula was an 80s cereal though by by our i don't i didn't get that much yeah. count chocula growing up yeah and it seemed but a little like overkill with the chocolate, chocolate and, and the, the marshmallows, marshmallows. Yeah, those, you know, um, clovers and blue moons and how's the little phrase go? Hearts and stars and horseshoes, clovers, clovers and, and blue, blue moons. moons, pots of gold and rainbows and me red balloons. Well, we just got, you know, as we've been telling the story, we got the got the lucky charms here. Um, and what we notice is they um, they put unicorns in now instead of the pots of gold, the pots of gold. There's yeah. no more pots of gold. So, you know, that's an interesting choice. I like unicorns. But it does throw off the song a little yeah. bit. I would have, you know, I would have replaced the red balloons personally. Um, because to me, you know, I can see honey, I can see a, a, a unicorn. But I think the reason was to keep the meter of the song. Because, you know, uh, pots of gold is the same number of syllables, three, as unicorn. So now they can say unicorns and horseshoes. Pots of gold and horseshoes. I think that's it's purely a marketing decision, and uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah, you know, it's like it's uh, when we're talking about 
you know, legacy. We're talking about tradition. Yep. You know, and and when some of us ninety '90s kids, when they start switching up, like for example, like when you watch the certain eras where they make the the mascots, I remember distinctly. Um, you know, one that we didn't talk about very much, Rice Krispies. Yes, yeah, honorable Crackle mention. Remember when Snap Crackle and Pop, the 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 little elves, mm-hmm. they made them more cartoony at a certain point. Yeah. I remember being super turned off by that. Yeah, they kind of had plastic smiles and look. You know, and and honorable mention, Rice Krispies. Mm, also with bananas. Oh yeah, and and just the way, like some sugar on top. Totally I love Rice Krispies. Solid. And um, the crackles. I mean, it's the, the crackles. cereal with the sound. You the know? sound. And it was kind of like Pop Rocks on your tongue. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. It was a multi-textured experience. Yeah, they really hit it out of the park with those. You know, Cocoa Krispies didn't make the list. You know, that was also another solid, you know, I, I liked that more than Honorable the mention. Pebbles. I love the chocolate cereals. I didn't get yeah. too many chocolate ones on here. No, we didn't get them a lot as kids. And, yeah. and I, I, you know, I was going back and forth between Cocoa Puffs and... Uh, you know, and the chocolate uh, and Cocoa Krispies. But I think Cocoa Krispies won out because of the crispy of the crackle factor, yeah. you know, and but yeah, um, I'm right there with you uh, with the, the, for me. Lucky Charms is actually my number one when I started my list and then I had to switch it into the number two spot. Um, and just after thinking and, and weighing my things, I'm curious if maybe part of the reason it it slid into your number three was because of your recent experience with it. And and I'm really curious to see what made the number two spot for you that could bump the most vaunted uh, cinnamon toast crunch. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a choice when I was young and probably the fact that I just spent a whole day with a stomach ache probably, you know, affected that decision. Mm -hmm. And I still put it in the top three, obviously, because it was like one of the ones that I would choose. Yeah. I love the marshmallows. I was always counting how many marshmallows I had left in the bowl, you know, um, and uh, and so, you know, it was a choice, but, you know, maybe that tipped it down to three. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to, you know, name again. Honey Bunches of Oats with Almonds is my number three. I'll say that uh, the last thing I'll say about it is just that, you know, it uh, just, you know, just nostalgia factor. It's just a huge cereal in my childhood. And... um, you know, one that I could still see myself eating today and, uh, you know, just wanted to give it its place in the countdown. So let's get to your two. This is the one that I'm most curious about. Yeah, because these two, you know, you my, my bro can probably, you know, use his deductive reasoning to figure out what's left. But my number two is actually uh, Frosted Flakes. Wow. You know, and number we talked... Number two all time. Yeah, we talked about... We talked about... Um, you know, frosted flakes a lot. And part of it was, you know, my favorite color is blue. So you get this box, you get the tiger. It's simple, effective. I just love those flakes. You know, they're frosted. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a simple guy, simple needs. It delivers the sugar. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I put it up there because of that we've kind of talked a lot about frosted flakes. You know, another thing about frosted flakes, and we haven't really talked about any of the cereals about this, but one thing that frosted flakes really has going for it is box size. Bigger frosted box? Fl- flakes was always a bigger box. Like Lucky Charms was a pretty small box, and it was yeah. gone after a couple sittings. But a Frosted Flakes box is going to stay around for like four or five sittings, probably. I wonder if that has to do with um, f- like flake density, like whether it's um, an expansive 
Like, you know, you have more, more volume. Yeah. Uh, that might have been. It something was a bigger to it. box altogether. So too. you might, you know, that that psychological effect of it filling the bowl. Yep. You know, with uh, maybe the same amount of mass, but it fills the bowl, and just knowing that you got a full bowl is a thing. And more um, bowls, you know, more bowls per sitting. More bowls. So we're coming down here because you already said your number two was Lucky Charms. I I think we should do a three to one reveal because we have the same yeah, number but one. I gotta say some a couple things about Lucky Charms okay, first okay. before you do. You know, this was really tough. You know, like I said, Lucky Charms. I think at times in my childhood, you know, these two, my my one and two, were always in contention for the number one spot. Um, and you know, depending on the day, Lucky Charms could easily be the number one. It was the Cadillac of cereals in my book, definitely the most exciting of cereals to get the leprechaun, the leprechaun, you know, I always felt like in the commercials, I always felt sorry for lucky because I felt like the kids were such little shits, you know, they're stealing his lucky charms. And usually like all lucky wanted was a bowl himself and he could never get a bowl because the kids always stole it. So I was always feeling like as a kid, it really like elicited this, uh, you know, it, it taught me this lesson to always share because I was always a little offended. Yeah, those kids, kids never were brats. Sh- they never shared. Like, yeah, eat your Lucky Charms, but share it with Lucky. They're you know? always after me, Lucky Charms. Yeah. It's a good... It's, it's a, a good, good slogan. Magically delicious. Yeah. They magically have strong delicious. branding there. Yeah. I was thinking about Trixer for kids. Um, and also, was there a similar narrative in the commercials where... The tricks rabbit, like they, they would were, try to trick him. I they think they would try to trick him. And again, bratty beha- encouraging bratty behavior. Bratty kids. Not I think really for me, fan. you know, in the mascot game, I think it's three, two, one. Lucky, Captain, Tony. Okay. You know, and you know, Lucky was always performing, doing cool tricks, and uh, the marshmallows were great. They, I will say, it's, it's maybe the most gimmicky cereal. Yeah. They sw- swapped out this. Uh, the marshmallows a lot and, and introduce new ones at different uh-huh. times. And, uh, I mean, it, I would say maybe more gimmicky in terms of the heavy hitter staple ones. Yeah. There's ones that, like we said, were um, trying to tag along to, uh, cartoon characters, right. or, you know, um, no, it SpongeBob. wasn't all gimmick. It's still delivered. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the flavor was great. You know, I think a lot of cereals tried to recapture it. There was something about having the like blander bits and then the marshmallows that like the balance it was, was a nice there. balance because the marshmallows were so sugary and sweet totally. and they would get softer with time. Mm-hmm. You know, you get that nice crunch in the middle, um, but it, but it's like kind of kind of soft around the outside yeah, and they were good and I liked them at all stages. You know, I yeah. like the freeze dried oh, yeah. crunchy beginnings and then I liked the soft slimy at the end. The soft slime. Um, Sugar so slime. yeah. I will say that number two goes to Lucky Charms. And if you'd like for our number one spot. Let's do a three, two, one countdown. Say it at the same time. time. We haven't even looked at each other's list, but we just already know. There's only one cereal that it could be. Yeah. You've probably all guessed it out there. Our brother alluded to it earlier. So ready? Three, two, Two, one. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It can't say enough about Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And, you know, in terms of personal anecdote, too, there's a strong factor. Hobie talked about, you know, we would go down south and visit our grandma. And this is the one that, to me, like what Hobie was talking about, 
far past the years of us being um, at the the kid sugar cereal age when we had moved on to organic food, when we had, you know, we were more health conscious, um, where we were choosing healthier cereals for ourselves. It was like this cute thing that grandma would do, like, and it would remind me of like my childhood where she would, she would get a cinnamon toast crunch till like the day she passed away. Like, yeah. Deep into our twenties, you know, yeah. we'd go down there and she would have a box of cinnamon toast crunch. There was a, there was a time where she went from the apple cinnamon Cheerios to, to the cinnamon toast crunch. I think it was right around the time when, when we became men, really, I think. There really, was a I remember, with her I remember acknowledging cinnamon, our manhood yeah. by getting us the an even sugar cereal, sugar, yeah. sugar cereal, like some initiation. Or yeah, something. it was like I, grandma's, you know, know acknowledgement. See, I see in my psychology, I remember it, it being the choice, like as far as I can remember, and and apple cinnamon Cheerios being like like as well. We would get that, but I just don't remember a year where we didn't have that, and. You know, um, well, I got two years on you, so yeah, okay, so that makes sense. But let's let's go into it. What makes cinnamon toast crunch so delicious? Well, I got to say, first and foremost, it's just the flavor. It's the best flavor. The cinnamon and sugar with the milk is perfect. You know, uh, it's that trifecta of flavor. You know, it's basically like a better, lighter, golden, golden gram. With a better flavor. No ridges. No ridges. Uh, it kind of had some ridges. Not as not as pronounced, but... It was more like you could see the swirls of, yeah. like, uh, the cinnamon swirls. Totally. On, and, they, and that was a big marketing point. Look at the swirls. They looked good. And I think that out of every one of these, Cinnamon Toast Crunch Milk is legendary. By far the best cereal milk of all time. Like when you drink that afterwards, like I always thought they should market just the cinnamon toast crunch milk. And, uh, and uh, it's a, you know, it's really a, what I call a poor man's horchata. Yeah. You know, um, there, you know, there's, there's horchata, horchata, um, for you, those of you who haven't been to, you know, the Mexican restaurant, horchata is a drink that you make, um, where you soak, um, rice in milk overnight and you add sugar and cinnamon. And horchata is a delicious drink, but, um, and it tastes a lot like cinnamon toast crunch milk. Cinnamon toast crunch milk is a bit more, you know, it's like crack to cocaine, you know, it's like, Definitely. you know, uh, it's a little less pure, you know, it's like, it's got that fruit toast corn syrup, I'm sure, you know, but cinnamon toast crunch. It's it's the it's the cinnamon sugar. We were huge um, cinnamon toast eaters. Oh yeah, as kids. That was one of my first things I learned how to make for myself. Shout out uh, Diana DeBartolabin. <laughs> she was the had the clutch. Always had a plate of cinnamon toast crunch for us when we go over to there. You talking about Aust- cinnamon toast? Austin and Drew's house. Yeah, and and yeah. So for me, like cinnamon toast was my go to snack, and then as a cereal. It was a no-brainer. No-brainer. You know, I will say this, that the OSP for Cinnamon Toast Crunch, it was less desirable as a, as a soggier cereal. I didn't like it quite as much as some other ones, and it got soggier a little faster. For me personally, the first, like, f- two to three minutes of the bowl were the best, but it was still damn good, even soggy. You know, and that's where I would dis- I think I have a higher rating. I still liked it at a six and a seven, 
you know what would start to happen is is because because it was so coated with sugar and cinnamon that would release into the milk and that so there'd be this progression where the flavor would be released into the milk and right. it would get a little bit more bland but for me you know it tasted so good and it would be sweet with the milk you know i i definitely think that in terms of how cereals go like it, like that release would affect the taste of the cereal. So I see what you're saying with that, but I wouldn't mind it, you know, and I'd mm-hmm. still like a six or seven. I would still enjoy it. And I, I am somebody, I don't really, I wouldn't really want, I would like to wait a little on my cereal. I don't like to eat ones and twos, mm. you know, and threes, I, the crunch before it's soaked up. Like I need a little bit of play there, Interesting. you know, I'll also say that, I think Cinnamon Toast Crunch is arguably the best cereal without milk as well. Like just to munch on. It's a great snack. Have it at a baseball game. Um, Yeah, but but that there is is really the goat. Um, And, you know, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap things up? I I think that we had some strong lists. It's interesting to see where we differed and where we rated things differently. But but uh but yeah, Cinnamon Toast Crunch takes it all. As as you heard earlier, you know, our brother Chester is right on board with that. And, um, you know, for those of you out there that are uh, listening now and are yelling into their, yelling at their phone, yelling at, you know, yelling out loud, like, no, how could you put, you know, Frosted Flakes at nine or, you know. My favorite's to... life. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, then we feel sorry for you. I like puffins. Well, that was the thing about life, too. I felt like life was like a wannabe toned down cinnamon toast crunch. Like when I would have life, I would kind of be like, it kind of makes me want cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but that, but that's my top 10. You know, I think we had a lot of good ones on there. Um, and, and it kind of makes, you know, this whole conversation kind of made me want to go get some apple cinnamon Cheerios, if I'm being honest. It's been a while. Yeah, we might have to after my gut settles down. But, you know, speaking of that, you know, now that I'm a, you know, 31-year-old man, like, I'm really actually happy about, you know, this could be a whole nother podcast. But I'm happy with how the, the cereal variety has changed over time. And I'm looking more and more for gluten-free options that still hit that spot. So you can find, you know, honorable mentions um, like, uh, oh, what's the one? Um, um, they're, they're, the, they're the chocolate crispies that are gluten-free. Koala crisps? Koala, is it koala crisp? There's the one, and there's also the um, the one with the gorilla on it. That's good. The, oh, the peanut, no, that's the peanut butter panda puffs, the gorilla munch. Gorilla munch. One of those is gluten-free. Those are all I forget Enviro which one. Kids. Enviro Kids. There's some pretty good options out there for, for cereals that are, uh, you know, that are healthy-ish. You know, there's some, I've gotten some good, uh, some good flakes, kind of like honey flakes that you can get that are a little more organic yeast sweetened with honey. Gluten-free options. You yeah, know, the Gorilla Munches is... Things uh, that won't make me itch because I'll start to itch if I eat too much of that, you know, and, and the acid reflux is a big deal for, you know, for eating large cereal. But yeah, I think we hit a lot of good topics and for the the cereal enthusiasts, you know, I think that, I think your fan base is really going to, uh, you know, appreciate this kind of insight and, 
And, uh, you know, I hope it's a, a popular episode for you and really, you know. Yeah, well, well, thanks, guys, for hanging in there with us and, and sticking it out. And, um, you know, I would encourage anybody who uh, has strong feelings or, or not so strong feelings, who has any kind of feelings about what you've just heard, uh, reach out to me, you know, either on email, which is the Bartcast mailbox at gmail.com. Or on uh, on Instagram at Young Hobart, and uh, and just you know shoot me your top ten. I'm interested to see how it differs. I'm gonna put a uh, put our top tens up in the show notes so you can read through it if you want it. You know if you're wondering, uh, you know it's hard to sometimes to keep it all in your mind. But just want to thank my brother Choney the Chone Tony for uh, coming on the show and. Uh, and given his two cents and oh uh, yeah and uh, you know if i want to end it on you know anything i just have to say they're great all right you can't you can't do better than that let's go play some basketball all right all right cinnamon toast crunch the clear victor the number one choice spot on both lists um kind of a surprising development you know i i think that you really can't underestimate the milk effect of what the cereal does to the milk. I think that's a huge factor for a lot of people and uh, certainly contributed in this case. It's, it's funny, you know, doing this podcast, especially the top tens, uh, I love doing these top ten episodes because for a while after, it's like it's like this it incentivizes me to kind of do my own research as I'm, you know, getting ready to post. And I like to survey my friends and like find out where their choices stack, where the similarities are with my own. And, uh, I gotta say the vast majority of people that I've surveyed since doing this podcast with my brother would have cinnamon toast crunch at the top of their list and those that wouldn't it's like lucky charms and then cinnamon toast crunch is number two so in the cereal wars there's a clear victor and that's cinnamon toast crunch um but yeah you know i really need to get some apple cinnamon cheerios i think because those are ones that i kept thinking about after doing this um but yeah Many thanks to my brother Tony for coming on and getting real about the cereal and my brother Chester as well for for giving us his his scientific uh, opinion on it. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, Got a lot more episodes coming out and a lot more guests on the horizon. Pretty stoked for uh, not going to talk about it yet, but we got some there's like some big changes coming uh, for the podcast in the future that I'm working on. And, uh, there will be some, some kind of new cool directions. We'll be taking some of these episodes. So stay tuned. Hope you're all are living well as March coasts to an end and spring really starts to set in. Um, and we'll see you next time here on the Bart cast. Peace y'all be well. <laughs>